So spam. <laughs> Let's get back to spam. I, I still owe you an answer. Thank you. About this very important um, question. I know. I this am is spam. this is how you know someone's a professional podcast host. Okay. They put a pin in it mentally. Yeah. Go ahead. So I'm sure we have something similar to spam. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's, spam is just like this pressed leftover meat thing, yes, right? I would say that. Mm -hmm. Something like this, like ham made out of a million <laughs> particles of other hams. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't, I don't eat meat anymore. So I'm sure I've had something like this in, in the past mm -hmm. under a different name. So, but where but, did you want to go with this question? Well, I, I wonder because... <laughs> I like this. I wonder because spam was never a thing for me growing up. Um, but I wondered like around the world, I didn't know. It seems like a very American thing to me. Like, let's just put like leftover shards of ham into a can. Spam, you know, like it just seems like so us. Uh, but then I had a friend who was from, uh, he was Korean. He's from California. And I guess in California and uh, to Asian people there, at least the way he like said it to me, it was like, spam was like what he grew up on. It was like, he still loves it to this day, loves it. But I was at the grocery store this morning and I was going by, there was like a, a section of like the like frozen chicken tenders and stuff uh, by the, the fresh meats. And there were spam like fingers. I think they were called like spam sticks. Whoa. that are like fried <laughs> fried sticks of spam which i was like i gagged a little bit and i was like man that no that's the most american thing i've heard mm -hmm. uh but i was like it just kind of mentally clicked with me and i was like i gotta know uh if, if either of you would like that because that's disgusting when i hear about spam i always think of monty python's flying circus because okay, they yeah. had that skit about spam yeah and they did like spam, spam, spam a lot spam. yeah yep. like their show <laughs> that too, yeah so to me it's not that's even that a that an american thing i always think of gotcha yeah okay so i don't think we this. have okay. the we don't have the brand here spam yeah not that i'm aware of but we have the product under a different name yeah gotcha. fair enough. okay so this is more of a dave roberts question is what <laughs> what we need to do yeah next time we yeah, have i'm, I'm sure dave roberts could uh give you a whole presentation about spam oh man i love Maybe that even if he had never eaten spam, he would probably know <laughs> all about it. <laughs> I accept that. I like that. that well, that's his superpower. He knows mm -hmm. about everything, or at least he pretends uh, in, a, in a very convincing way. I'll take yes. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All you got to do is just uh, fake your way through something. And obviously, it's just like him talking to the two of you. And if you guys don't know, and he speaks quicker than you can look it up, then like, yeah. you just got to go with it, right? Then it's fact. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like when we, That's why we on... have him on a horror movie podcast because we absolutely know that he knows less about horror movies than we do. So <laughs> most of the time we are able to correct him. So you're keeping him in his place. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. We had him on uh, our show to discuss some like Asian pop culture. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was odd that he said that Japan is in the center of Australia, but I just went with it. They come <laughs> to find out that may not be true. So I'm still doing some research. Uh -huh. I don't know um yeah you know since in this case i absolutely know that dave roberts know better because i've met with him twice in tokyo now so oh, we've wow. been in japan together twice um so he definitely knows where japan is he found it maybe he wanted to go to australia and just oh, ended he... up in tokyo and <laughs> met like... me there that's also possible i don't know <laughs> well, he's like andy this place is great you got to show up here man <laughs> 
He's like, I didn't see any koalas, but Ooh. as they say here, good day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he always tried that whenever he went to a, a 7-Eleven in Tokyo, and they always had a puzzled look on their faces when he did that. <laughs> That's the way to play it. You well, know, just go to any country and just act like you know what's going on and just start speaking a different language. <laughs> also, very American of him. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of... <laughs> the fact that he makes up things... I think he should be our president. I don't know. I, if that well be. Yeah. Oh, I, no. I mean, he would do a better job than almost anyone. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 100%. Um, but Stephen, I think we've stumbled mm. across what may be the greatest sync word of all time oh, for this podcast. I think we have to use the sync words Mr. Preller gave us. Particle meat. <laughs> Excellent. sync word. I imagine this like particle board. Episode title. Yeah. Uh, like particle board. Like I want to be able to build something out of this, this particle meat. I feel like it has some structure to it. You Skateboard know? ramp. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine like Tony Hawk pro skater? They're like, all the ramps are made of particle meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so particle meat on three. One, oh. two, three. Particle, particle meat. meat. Particle meat. Oh, that was great. That was like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, when you do row, row, row your boat, you know? Like in succession. I don't know. Sing? Sing. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that yeah. what you call it when you do that? Yeah, but it's, uh, what is it, like uh, singing rounds or whatever? Where one yeah, person like starts overlaid. and then the other one like starts like 14 syllables in. It's weird. I don't like it. It's, it confuses Makes me. Makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, what you is shouldn't this? try it on your own. You, should, you need other people to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Friends like, oh. That, make, that might make it a little bit easier. I guess that makes sense, yeah. Instead of me, like, singing into the, the hole of the cave, mm-hmm. just trying to... But it throws me off still, you know? Plus, all those bats come flying out. It's the whole thing. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Brent, did you have anything to, uh, to lead us into the show today? I hadn't thought of anything. Which no. is why we're professional podcast hosts. So. That's right. Uh, I mean, there was... was we, we, we could have had such a great segue right uh. now. Mm-hmm. From the bats in the cave to the just released Batman trailer. See, I thought about that. That's, yeah. I didn't know if we. That's why I was like, uh, you started that, and now I want to say about something about the Batman trailer. But I need to introduce ourselves too. So I'm like, do we just talk about the Batman and then get into it? See, it's this show is complicated and it's not good. So, <laughs> but Welcome there on. is content now. So. <laughs> We've got All a right. fork in the road. Which way are we going to go? Guess what? We're talking about waterbeds now. Wait, whoa. Oh, that's wow. not even one of the choices. Okay, that's back behind us. That's weird. Brent. Hello? Nobody wants So I guess that. we're doing it, right? <laughs> Fuck yes. I'm Steven. <laughs> I'm Brent. I'm Andy. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. So throughout the course of time, throughout history, there have been great trios. Huey, Dewey, Louie. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Biker Mice from Mars, all three of them, a trio of trios, right? Legendary. And today we complete another trio, the trio of one of the greatest horror podcasts of all time. From the terror, I'm sorry, from Erie International, (laughs) to complete the trio of David Hopkins, Dave Roberts, and now Andy Preller. Andy Preller is on the show. Andy, welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. And you're doing... What took you so long to invite me? Ooh, <laughs> it was all Brent. Look, you of were, course. You were out doing a, a walkabout last year, you know, and uh, you straight up ghosted me. Look, 
I don't know how you could skip Oklahoma. Look, we've got we've got grass, we've got sky, we've got my neighbor's house across the street from me. We've got it all. Okay. If I had known about your neighbor's house, mm -hmm. I would have been there. Yeah. Oh, she's kind man. of a, she's kind of a dick, but she's yeah, like, actually she is kind of a dick. Yeah. Yeah, she's warming up <laughs> a little bit. Like she's okay, but like whatever. No, no I'm very happy yeah. that you invited me. Uh, it was pretty spontaneous that you mm -hmm. texted me, and um, I was like, yeah, sure, I want to be on that show. I am actually a listener. I don't know about oh, wow. Dave Roberts or David Hopkins. No. Yeah. So Nobody they just, if you invite them, they will come on, but they will never listen to your show. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do listen to your show. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Wow. Yeah, uh, I, why do you do that yeah, to I don't know why you would, but that's nice of you. Uh, it puts me to sleep. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. If we can fit any anybody's needs, you know. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Uh I liked uh so we're doing this because I have We're doing I, it. We're doing it. I bought a I bought a month subscription to to Zoom for us to to have another guest on. So then we're like, let's just bring as many people we've been waiting for, right? But I like it because you're like, oh, I'm actually a listener. That's cool. And the last person we brought on was a friend of mine who didn't even know I had a podcast before. And I gave him an episode <laughs> and I was like, well, you should listen to this. And he did. And then he got on the show and he was like, yeah, I listened to a little bit. It was kind of funny. And I was like, thanks. That's exactly the reaction I wanted. Yeah. I mean, that, you should put that on your like business cards. Oh yeah. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Like, we keep talking <laughs> about t-shirts. It kind of depends on the kind of humor you got. I, get, I don't know. Like, do you, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But Andy, why, why are you listening? I know that you had listened to episodes in the past. Um, probably not by choice. I did mail a picture of a gun at just mm. to like hold you at gunpoint. It took like an extra four months to get there. But still, you know, look, we're getting lost in the weeds here. <laughs> I, I got to know. Okay. All of our listeners want to know. Every time we have a guest from Germany on, we always ask the same question. <laughs> Do you regret getting tattoos of my artwork from Super Cute on your body? Ooh. Uh, absolutely not. Why should oh, I regret? Wow. I actually, I almost never see it because it's in, <laughs> in the backside of my arm. It's very Stop. hard for me to bend the arm the way that I can even see it. So I tend to okay. forget that it's there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. um, only when someone says, why do you have a dick tattooed on your forearm? <laughs> when I remember and I say, oh yeah. Oh my God. Damn. Yeah. I like it. Cool. That's fair good. enough. Asked and answered. Uh, Brent, it, I just want to let you know, it does look really cool in person, though, if you ever uh, get to be on the cool. <laughs> If we're ever allowed off uh -huh. our continent again. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Maybe we can meet in Tokyo, Australia or so. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful there this time of year. It's both Christmas and summer uh, at the same time. Do you know right. what the Japanese do for Christmas? No. Because obviously... Japan is not a Christian country, mm -hmm. but for some reason, they, they, I don't, I hesitate to say celebrate Christmas, but mm -hmm. they, so they, they shop for Christmas. Of course they have all the, the, the season uh, shopping and stuff, but when Christmas is over, it's over, but there is a, there is, and it, I'm not making this up. There is a tradition in Japan that on Christmas, they all go to KFC and have KFC chicken. I, I think I'm not, I am. I am not making this up. <laughs> I promise amazing. you, this is real. KFC is Japan's preferred Christmas dinner. I mean, I'll take it. 
I think that would actually improve Brent's holiday parties because you could like get fewer people and just more KFC and he'd be like, all right, no, this is <laughs> look, it's all adding up. Okay. The bucket, red and white, much okay. like, you know, some of the, the holiday colors. The colonel looks like Santa. Okay. Oh wow. Like it's it's all right there in front of us. <laughs> I guess the Japanese just confused the colonel with Santa and said, Look, that's Santa, it's, let's have his chicken. It's easy to yes. do, you know. <laughs> The colonel lives at the North Pole. We all know this, you know, from So right Kentucky. next to Japan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right next to Japan. Look, we all know <laughs> that the Earth is a disk, you know, it's a flat. That's true. That is true. Planet now. That's you know, like so time. Every, yeah. It's like Pangea, <laughs> but worse, you know? So easier. Easy to get around. Well, uh, I don't know. From a transition from that, what do you guys think about that Batman trailer? Batman. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, it works. You're welcome. You're welcome. Five minutes later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <but>. Nailed it. <laughs> so I've only watched it once okay. this morning. And so I cannot really have a, a deep opinion on the, on the trailer. I liked it. I have, um, I have hopes for the movie just because Matt Reeves is doing it. And I'm yeah. such a fan of especially War for the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. And and hearing him talk about the way he approached that movie, um, so I have very high hopes for uh, for the Batman just from the from the director perspective. I like the cast. I have no specific opinion on on Robert Pattinson. I never was against him. I'm not a hundred percent hundred percent sure if I've ever seen a movie of his except for that first Twilight movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best one. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, the character. best Robert Pattinson movie, if, if that's what you're saying. I've I've heard otherwise, but maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I hear he's good now or whatever, but no. I'm yeah. gonna. Yeah. So um, the trailer looks good. I think the trailer doesn't give me, or maybe it's a teaser trailer. It doesn't mm. give me enough yet to really assess what kind of Batman movie this will be. So I am in the. I'm in the in the Tim Burton camp. My okay. movie, my movie Batman is still the the Tim Burton movies, the first two uh, of of that era. Mm-hmm. I like one and a half of the Chris Nolan movies, but <laughs> it's okay. Not to, to me; those are not really Batman movies. I mean, obviously, the best one is The Dark Knight, and that is a mm-hmm. probably really good movie. It's a very very good thriller. To me, it's not necessary that the movie is about people in masks. It's just a, a thriller with people in masks. But if it's Batman or not, doesn't really matter for the movie. Take away all the all the masks, and the movie would still work. Yeah, that's cool. and that's what I like about the Tim Burton movies. They are the artificial and theatrical, the way that I prefer um, those those movies. Um, and I from just from the teaser feels to me like um the the new movie also like the Nolan movies tries to be more realistic but mm. hopefully goes a little bit more into the comic book direction than the Nolan movies did at least in my assessment um so yeah uh, hopeful um and waiting for for more and then I'll form an opinion when the movie's out i am uh, what i find very very interesting uh, uh, right now is um, people forget very quickly um, because I I think 
uh, when the Nolan movies came out, everyone said that's the way Batman should be done, and this is the best Batman mm -hmm. ever. And and why why should there be another Batman? And now everyone's hyped for that new Batman as if there yeah. never was a Christopher Nolan Batman. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, well, first off, I just want to say that I'm I'm interested because uh, I liked the Nolan Batman movies, but then. Batfleck and all that stuff. Like, I didn't mind him actually uh, being cast in that role. I didn't mind him in that role, but just that series of movies I'm just not into. Uh, Britt and I, basically, we talk about Justice League as like, that's a fun movie to get drunk and with your friends and watch, but like, I don't really just want to watch it. I want to watch it with, with friends and kind of like have fun. But like, I feel like that was like the anti-palate cleanser for like uh, Nolan's things. So people are like excited again because they're like, well, look how mm. cool this looks. And and I think Matt Reeves is a good director and it's uh, people are kind of stoked. Even if they don't know him, they might be stoked with kind of like his sensibilities and stuff. And they're kind of getting that off there. But uh, um, I liked the trailer. I thought it was cool. Um, I, I'm same with you. Like I was like, this is, this is cool, but like, I'm not like fully sold on it. It does seem like he's going to be more like uh, like detective work and stuff, which is kind of cool. And he's like working with the police a lot more. And uh, I'm intrigued by that. And I think Robert Pattinson um, has gotten like, Better and better. There's a bunch of stuff I haven't seen him in, but I hear more more great things about him as an actor. So I, Twilight I actually two. Twilight oh, Two was great. Yeah. New Moon, so yeah. so good. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I think this is kind of cool. Um, I, uh, I I'm still waiting. Yeah, like you are to to see a little bit more about it. But uh, so far, I, I I dig the car. I dig kind of the grunge feel of it, and I feel like after uh, Batfleck, this is like a, a good departure. Um, but then we'll, soon we'll have some Batfleck stuff to talk about as well. So, but Brent, I'm I'm curious. Uh, have you gotten a chance to see the trailer yet? Yeah, I watched it last night. Sweet. Um, looks like a Batman movie. Um, oh man, there's a uh, man dresses a bat. <laughs> you can't say there's not. Um, I don't know. Like I'm I'm waiting to to see what the story is. Like we didn't really have any story beats. It was just like like mm -hmm. Tony said. It was just like uh, a teaser. You know. Um, just like some shots here and there, we could see the, uh, bat suit in, uh, in, uh, it's full glory. He's moving mm -hmm. around. He's punching a guy several times in the face. Yeah. He's I like that. Hey, bud, uh, just fall. You, <laughs> you don't have to stand there. Okay. Just hit the ground uh, on punch three. If I'm, if I'm getting punched in the face a third time, I'm just lay me down. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to kiss me. Just lay me down. I think you're kind of a one and done guy. Brent. Not to say that I'm not either, but uh, mm -hmm. I think a one punch and you're like, don't hit me anymore. I'm on the ground. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I see somebody to walking to me, making direct eye contact at me, I'm just, yeah. no, I'm going, I'm crossing the street. Up. I'm walking the other way. Yeah. yeah. I won't. Yeah. I won't recover from that. But um, yeah. So like, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to assume it's good because I do like uh, the, the planet of the apes movies. Um, did mm -hmm. Matt Reeves, did he direct all three of those? He didn't direct the first one. He oh, came okay. on the project with the second one. I didn't like the second one. I have to rewatch mm. it at some point because mm. I'm such a fan of the third one that I'm gotcha. wondering what, what changed between the second one and the third one that I didn't like the second mm. one, but love the third one. Snow, that's probably yep. it. And yep. less talking. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Jason Clark is not in the third one. That's a plus for me. Is, it, that's his, is that <laughs> okay. his name? Jason Clark? I always forget yeah. his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, when he's in something, I'm like, oh, not, no, not a big I, fan. No, I don't know. People like him. I don't really. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, uh, War was just so good that I'm hopeful mm -hmm. that if he um, stays on that path that 
then the Batman should be good as well. It's, it's an interesting point that that you brought up with with Batfleck, and because we we will have like the the Pattinson Batman and the Affleck Batman more mm-hmm. or less at the same time mm-hmm. when they release uh, the the infamous and Snyder the- Cut, which is a whole another story. Oh in, yeah. <laughs> which Plus, we shouldn't go too deeply into because uh, there have been not really joking. It's almost like planning with David for more than a year that at some point, actually, we 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 wanted to do it this year after we we came back from our from our traveling last year, but we haven't gotten to it yet. But uh, we had the idea we were going to do a um, Zack Snyder podcast going through all of his movies in chronological order. Um, that's something that I proposed to David because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just want to understand <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> because <laughs> he, he does have talent. He makes pretty pictures. Yep. He yeah. makes great short films, but his, his features are like, 10 short films. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you look at Sucker Punch, it's five times the same movie. Mm-hmm. Five times the same short, more or less. It's five, yeah. five individual nice short films, but put together, they don't really make a whole. 300 was the same. You have like maybe five mm. or what battles. Give me 20 minutes of that movie and have a great short. <laughs> uh, but a whole movie doesn't really work for me. And then when he exited um, Justice League uh, because of the, the death of his daughter, and then mm. he was away for a while, and then he came back with a, with a short film that he did for that, um, what's it called? Is it Vero or something like that? This, this oh, social know. media platform yeah. Oh, yeah. that he's like maybe the one active person on. <laughs> yeah. um, whenever he releases something, he does it on that. I guess he owes the owner something. That, that guy <laughs> maybe has pictures of him or so. I don't know. Uh, but where that that platform was new and to promote it he released a a short film which absolutely proved my point that he's Mm. absolutely able to make interesting stylish short films but long form it's a bit of a problem and now we will have a four-hour justice league Mm. and i am not sure if that makes it worse because it's a four-hour movie or if it makes it if it uh, makes it better because it's four one-hour movies, <laughs> <laughs> so it might actually be he's making short films again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. Well, um, well, going back to to the the dual Batman's that are going to be out, I heard that uh, I guess they mentioned that mm-hmm. Ben Affleck's coming back as Batman, the DCEU Batman in the Flash movie. Yep. Yeah, and I read that. Also, Keaton. Michael Keaton's Batman yeah. is going to be in there as well. So it's going to be three simultaneous Batmans um, in mm-hmm. the public consciousness at one time in, which is, in like theatrical films. Which is actually a, a good thing if you ask me. A few years ago, um, I read something like a comment from someone. I'm very vague here. Uh, probably, I think I guess it was a comic book guy on Twitter or so who complained that there's no movie Batman that he can take his kids to. That all these movies since Nolan um, are always uh-huh. dark and gritty and violent. And, and ever since then, I thought about why isn't it possible that you can have like a kid's Batman in the cinemas and a 
adult dark Batman in the cinemas. Mm-hmm. I can tell you why, because everyone's so hyped up about continuity and canon. Everything has to work together. It has to be mm-hmm. universe. Um, not my thing. Um, so may- maybe if they, and I'm, I'm, if it's in the Flash movie, he's probably going through several timelines and visiting yeah. old Batman here and young Batman there and another mm-hmm. universe or whatever. And it will be um, a nice flashback to all those different iterations of Batman if they if they really do that. But um, I, I actually hope that maybe at some point they, they realize there's a possibility here to, um, to also do a, like family-friendly versions of these characters at the same time with other versions. But yeah, I know they will probably say it causes a lot of confu- confusion. People will not know what they're watching. Um, but on the other hand, everyone's complaining that uh, younger people they don't read comic books they don't go see these or aren't able to see these movies if they are always r-rated or whatever the rating is in the u.s with these movies um none of these topics are on my list but uh <laughs> this is we got four more hours we're Zack Snyder this bitch well I, I, i've got one final thing to say about the the batman trailer is uh catwoman's in it which is awesome mm-hmm. Zoe kravitz but i wish her costume looked more like cat-like instead of just like she found a ski mask and she just like widened the hole in one of them. Like it's like she yeah. found a Cyclops's uh, ski mask and just like widened the eye a little bit. Um, and it has these two little like nubbins on the side of her head as, as ears or whatever. And it's like, like a pussy hat. Can we not, can we look We're we're how many years deep into the MCU? Everybody has a costume. We have a talking raccoon who fires guns. <laughs> Let's just throw her in a costume. Nobody's going to think anything of it. Batman has a, a full-on bat costume in this, right? So just put her in a cat costume. What, what are we doing? Yeah, are we doing this? Maybe they'll reveal later on and you'll be really excited about it. <laughs> the the last frame of the, the film is her like in her full costume. It's like, and now wait for three years to see it again. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, I guess uh, they, they, they're taking the approach of making this more realistic again. And mm-hmm. so she's not a millionaire like... Bruce Wayne is, she's not able to afford someone to build her a, a suit of armor to be Catwoman. She's, she's like Spider-Man in the beginning, right? She's, mm-hmm. she's taking what she has or, or what she can get a hold of just to, to mask her face. And um, yeah, I, I would like to see proper costumes, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess they are taking like the, the more grounded approach mm-hmm. and have it, try, try to have it more realistic because it worked for Nolan. Mm-hmm. They're like, everybody's, like we got yeah. it well maybe the next uh or like maybe the the flash trailer brent you know it'll be like keaton batfleck christian bale might show up and then it'll be like halle berry and you're like wait what oh. nobody expected that don't go Weird. back there okay all right they're going for it you know all the cat women Michelle well, there was rumors there was rumors that they were going to have uh, Ryan Reynolds show up in the Justice League movie as a cameo or something like that. But that seems as like Deadpool, so... though. I would dig that. <laughs> Just bring them all together. There's like, fuck it. We yeah. don't know. I mean, he <laughs> did play a DC character. They could have him. Yeah, yeah they could. Yeah. So that'd be weird to, to have him show up as like Green Lantern again, even though nobody <laughs> likes or wants that. Like, it's, yeah. why, why are you doing this? I, I'm, w- w- if they did that, I am 100% certain that a, a large amount of the viewership wouldn't even know or remember Green Lantern. They would <laughs> right. see him in the movie and say, they're doing a Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, they already did that. You don't want to see that. I never watched it. 
I, I, I never oh, I watched tried. the Catwoman movie with Halle Berry. I never watched the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. There's some things that you just don't don't have to try. Saw so them both in theaters. <laughs> Opening you're a weekend. True fan. Yeah, you're. I think you're a couple years younger than me. So if I had been younger yeah. when they came out, came out, I would have probably watched them. Mm-hmm. But I was at an age where I was. Uh, I don't know. I had come you to better. my senses that I don't have to see every comic book movie. <laughs> Because there's so many of them now. There's so many of them now, and we didn't have as many back in the day. And so I wanted to be like supportive of like, yes, I want more of this content. So I'm going to pay my money to go. I'm going to pay my money to go see this? Oh, all right. And you convince yourself it's good, I think, when you're there. And you're like, yeah, this was totally worth it. And then you're like, ooh. My mother-in-law sincerely loves the Catwoman movie. I have tried (laughs) to talk her down off that ledge. She fucking loves it. There's, There's no argument I can give her to be like, yeah, but it had 27 writers and they all nailed it, didn't they? No, that's not, that's not, what, I, that's not what I meant. All the 27 subplots work. <laughs> I mean, to each their own and everything, you know, yeah. you can like what you like, but sometimes it's just like, I, I mean, like definitely Brent's mother-in-law, uh, I, we do not trust her taste. Like if she no. says she likes something, then I'll know I won't like it, which is helpful in a way. She yeah. probably also eats spam, so you can trust her. <laughs> Catwoman, the spam of superhero movies. <laughs> Made Damn. out of 27 particles. Oh my god, that was so genius, I love Speaking it. Speaking of superhero adaptations, I watched The Watchmen Show. Hey! From my list. I know Steven watched it. Uh, uh-huh. Brent, I think you still haven't found the courage to do so, or have you by now? Not yet, not yet. I'm, I'm working my way up to it. Uh, yeah. Hopefully here soonish. Uh, I still have Doom Patrol 2 finish, but uh, yeah, go, mm. go ahead. What, what are your thoughts on it? So I've been waiting for this show quite a long time because it came out last year. I was traveling and we don't even have HBO in, in Germany. So all the HBO mm. shows go to uh, a channel called Sky in Germany, yeah. uh, which is oh. very expensive. Yeah. And people who do have Sky have it for sports. They watch mm. football, soccer in your yeah. language. No, you can uh, say football. We Sky. don't, we're not, we don't sports here. So yeah, You're I right. know, Same. but maybe one listener, if you have one does and gets confused <laughs> if I bring up a, a ball game and he uh-huh. thinks what they watch American football on Sky in Germany. That's crazy. <laughs> and they pay a lot of money for it. <laughs> right. And they do not watch Watchmen. Uh, I hope so- that clarifies things for you, Daniel Sanchez, or one listener uh, outside of Monty. So thank you. Um, so yeah, I was, I was waiting for the show. I was, was hyped about it. Um, David Hopkins told me about it, of course. He was a big fan. And I'm always interested in what Damon Lindelof is doing, not because mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of Lost, but I'm, um, I've become a fan of the person, Damon Lindelof, and the, the, yeah. the, the creative. I always love hearing him talk about things, about storytelling. Mm-hmm. And stuff. of course, pardon? Uh, stuff. He talks yeah. about stuff. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the word that could mean anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like spam. Get it. Um, so uh, when, when he came on to, to do the, the Watchmen series and he, he released that, that letter, uh, I'm sure you've read the, the letter that he yeah, released about this. like hmm. three years ago. When he, um, when he took on the task of doing Watchmen, he wrote this long ass letter to, to the fans and to Alan Moore, <laughs> to everyone mm-hmm. out there, uh, apologizing why he's doing it. And he had denied the opportunity two times before 
and the third time that he was asked, he, he did it. And so I was very interested about it, was following it when the first pictures and images came out, they, they looked great in the first teaser and so. Uh, so I was waiting for it to, um, I was waiting for a disc release in Germany because mm -hmm. I do not really like buying digital. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not my thing, I'm too old for that. Uh, and it took quite a while for the, for the discs to come out in, in Germany. Um, but what I did do when, when it, they were finally announced, I immediately pre-ordered them, which is also something that I don't usually do, um, especially with like shows, which tend to be rather expensive. I, most of the time I, I wait a bit for them to become a bit less uh, costly but for Watchmen the the price was all right and and my anticipation was was high enough that I mm -hmm. immediately pre-ordered them and then we um we watched those nine episodes in I think four days um four consecutive days wow. and I'm a I'm a huge Watchmen fan fan of the comic book it's a um, well, it's a comic book that in in my experience gets actually better and better over time mm -hmm. and i grew up um, so the thing came out in the 80s um so i knew about it from when the, the first german edition came out and, and, and read a couple of issues and then reread it sometime later when a new german edition came out and then read it maybe 10 years again 10 years later again and it felt to me like I, I always knew everyone was already saying this is one of the best comic books ever. So you're just repeating that. You, you read it and you like it and you're hyped about it and you repeat, yes, this is one of the best comic books ever because everyone has already decided it's one of the best comic books ever. Um, but for me personally, whenever I reread it and, and also just thinking about it, I haven't reread it in many years, but just thinking about the comic book and discussing the comic book with others, um, it gets better and better and better. The more I learn about the, the book and I feel like with more life experience and, and more knowledge of history or so, uh, I get more out of the book. And I, um, I just recently bought a new edition because I hadn't had one in, in many years because I let someone borrow my old edition and never got it back. So now that we have watched the, the show, Bianca hasn't read the comic book uh -huh. um, and she was interested in it. So uh, we immediately bought a new edition and I'm eager to, to reread it at, at some point, hopefully. Um, so a lot about the comic book now to the show. Uh, yeah. The show's fantastic. Again, mm -hmm. also something that um, almost everyone has agreed on, or at least people that, um, I consider trustworthy <laughs> have yeah. agreed upon it being a great show. Um, and just from a, from a storytelling point of view, I think it's so interesting how they approach this. And it feels like um, to me, this is one of the, one of the shows where I knew while watching it that I would have a hard time talking about the show as uh, when, when I finished it. Um, I had the same like problem with um, Haunting on Hill House, um, the, mm -hmm. the first mm -hmm. season of, of True Detective. So it's, it's on that level for me where I, I see that it's a super interesting approach to, to storytelling and, and um, there's so much to, to discover in the show visually. Um, and on, 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 on every level, sound, image, acting, sets, props, whatever. Uh, and just watching it once is definitely not enough. Just yeah. 
same as with the comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go back to it and, and reread it, rewatch it. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's one of the one of the great ones, uh, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's great acting in it. The the soundtrack obviously is fantastic. And Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross they always do do great um, great scores. Sure. And so yeah, I'm uh, the 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 show got me hooked from the from the first episode on, and um, I was very happy that Bianca felt the same way. Uh, Bianca, my wife. Um, because as I said, she she hadn't read the the comic book, but f- for the first like seven or eight episodes, whenever the episode ended, she said, "I like it. I have questions." <laughs> um, <laughs> and she and she was she was very worried that she wouldn't have her answers question um, questions uh-huh. answered by the end of the show. But uh, I had heard Lindelof saying in interviews that he promised, "No, your your questions will be answered." So and and she was happy with the with the Good. ending too. Um, so yeah, and um, steering off of uh, Watchmen, uh, we almost immediately jumped into the Leftovers. Um, oh, okay. The show that Damon Lindelof did before the Leftovers. Um, have you guys watched that show? Um, I had seen the first episode. It's a very uh, heavy show. Oh yes. And I heard it was great. The first episode, I was like, yeah, that's really great. But I, I think I was just trying it out when I had HBO for like a week or something, like when it first came out years ago. Um, but then I heard it got better and better. And uh, overall, I'm a Lindelof fan. I was a fan of Lost. But um, he's one of those guys, like he's involved in so many things that it can be, for one, you get hit or miss quality, I think sometimes. But uh, overall, I've really liked him. And I've, I've really swung back around on him because... He's come out with shows like this lately that I'm like are really stellar. Um, so yeah, I'm really uh, interested to, to hear you. I'm not sure about Brent though. If you've ever seen the leftovers, the only leftovers I'm familiar with is related <laughs> to food. Okay, I've got some Chinese food leftovers in my fridge Ooh. right now from Friday. We're recording on Sunday. Will it last? I don't know. Being a they listener do. to your show, mm-hmm. I was a hundred percent certain that you would make a joke about leftovers. <laughs> uh-huh. I was talking yeah. about that. I, w- I yeah. knew you would uh-huh. do that. You could feel it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great show. Um, uh, it's also a show that I wanted to watch for for quite some time, and mm-hmm. now coming off of Watchmen, I thought, okay, now now is the time. Let's try another Damon Lindelof show. Yeah. And um, I ordered the the first season, and I, again, I was happy that Bianca liked the the first episode too, and we we kept watching. And after after four episodes, she, she asked me to order seasons two and three so nice. that we wouldn't have to, to wait too long. Mm-hmm. So we have seen, I think, six episodes now out of the, the 10 of the first season. And as, yeah, you're completely correct, Stephen. It is a, it is a, it's a heavy show. It's mm-hmm. not a particularly entertaining show in, a, in yeah. the sense that you feel happy watching it um it's uh, there's not a lot of light <laughs> in that show it's yeah it's a, it's a dark thing it's about grief and trauma um about uh loss and and um so the if, if someone doesn't know the the um the the story goes like this it's uh two uh, just uh, one one moment where immediately two percent of the world's population just disappear from one moment to the next they're just gone no mm-hmm. trace left and no one knows why or where they went if they're dead if they will come back they're just gone and 
So you see that in the beginning of the first episode and then there's a time jump of, of three years and the show does not deal with the mystery. Why did they disappear and where did they go? It's not a supernatural mystery show in that sense. The show deals with, as the title says, with the people who are left to deal with this event that 2% of Earth's population just disappeared. And what does it do to a society where people, where you do not have an explanation for someone mm -hmm. just being gone and you cannot really get into a grieving process if someone dies and you can bury them and then you can heal, but if someone just disappears and, and you have no idea why and no explanation, um, that's a, that's a very heavy concept. And that's, yeah. that's what the show uh, is dealing with. And very, very, in, in very, very interesting ways. And again, told in a very interesting way, the, the structure of the show, the, the storytelling that they apply to the show. Uh, I think that's, the the main reason why it's so so interesting to me because um the the show does not necessarily tell you everything uh, that you that you could know from from the get-go um just for example one episode that we watched today it starts out there's this there's this woman um who works for um for for this um, firm who does questionnaires with with people who have lost people in this event um, to decide if they would get any, uh, get, if they would get uh, any kind of, of, of money, like not, not reparations, but they, mm -hmm. they get some, some people get money if they have lost people. And there's a questionnaire of, of like a couple of hundred questions or so. And in the beginning, her, her supervisor asks her why she always gets the, from every person that she interviews, why she always gets the same answer to question 121. Um, because she's the only one of these people who always gets a yes from their interviewees on question 121. But the show does not tell you what the question to 121 uh -huh. is until the end of the episode. Uh -huh. And then it all makes sense. Everything that you learn in that episode about That's that fun, yeah. character um, make, makes sense once you learn question 121 uh, that, at the end of the that, episode. So That question is actually... Farts probably taste bad, right? And that's just like you circle yes. So, like we're all on board with that. Yeah, you, that's pretty you, easy. You've seen the show. Yeah. Why, why didn't you tell us so? Well, look, I I don't uh, want to spoil anything. I know you're in the middle of it, but at the very end of the last episode of the series, the lead guy he's like, I guess we'll never figure out what happened. Goes to his fridge, pulls out a gallon of milk, <laughs> looks at it. It says 2% on it, looks directly down the barrel of the camera, winks, wow. cut to black. Wow. Enjoy the rest of the series. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy spoilers here on this show. Oh, man. Heavy well, cream. I, uh, a couple of things to this uh, going back. So uh, Leftovers is a show I definitely like to check out. So you're still in the middle of this, right? Somewhere? Uh, yes, as I said, six episodes uh, in in the first season, and it's three seasons with twenty eight episodes total. So it's ten, oh, okay. ten, eight over the course of three seasons. Okay, that's a pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was really short. I thought there were like four episodes a season for some reason, or it's like really short. But uh, um, yeah, so I need to. I want to hit that up again. But um, so you watched the Watchmen show, which I had told Brent that. Um, the comic book was one of the first comics that Brent ever gave me, maybe the first, um, 
can't remember right now, but um, it was like that and Wanted and like The Walking Dead were like my first like introductions to comics. And I was like, comic books are amazing. So you started with W. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, Stephen. Literally, the first comic I gave you was Walt Disney's uh, stories. You know, it had uh, oh, okay, like you know, I forget stuff in there. Yeah, you know. But. Um, but I had liked that. I, I liked that comic, like everybody does. Watchmen. Um, and then when the movie came out, Zack Snyder, I really dug it. And then I think it's really hard for anybody, like Damon Lindelof, had tried to stay away from this project to be like, uh, like, how can you top that? Really, what can you do with it? do you even want to be the creator involved with such a project to, to, you know, do a new story in that universe? But then he knocked it out of the park and it's amazing. And I've been trying to rewatch Watchmen. It's been another week since I've picked it up again, but like, I'm still like, God, I feel like I'm almost done, but I, I swear I have like 55 minutes left because there's like eight more short stories and there, you know, short films <laughs> in there that I have to get through. Uh, but if you watch the ultimate cut, I don't know which cut you're oh, watching, right? but the ultimate cut is, Pretty long. <laughs> I thought about it. I wanted to revisit that. I was like, in years from now, I'm going to go revisit that one. And then I was like, even the regular cut, I'm like, this is so long. And I just, I, I'm like, uh, some movies of Zack Snyder's I liked, um, like Dawn of the Dead when it first came out, I was actually like cool with that and stuff. I like that one. And then um, like Sucker I think Punch. it helps that he didn't write that one. That probably helps. Yeah. I, and I hear more about him that he's like, uh, he's a great visual director. Like he should have just been a, a cinematographer maybe or set director i don't know like what he how much involvement he really has in the creative process of that but obviously he has an aesthetic that's very him but his storytelling is a little wonky right uh but yeah i wondered if you are planning on going back to see the movie or have you tried that since the show uh because to me i'm like i just that show is like taking place now i'm like that's the best thing i I don't really want anything else right now so i could talk about the movie forever it's a very mm-hmm. interesting subject um to me even before the show came out um because i went into that movie thinking when they when they released the first trailer for the show uh, for for the movie back then in 2008 or so um with the uh, with a smashing pumpkin song over the trailer oh, uh, yeah. i saw the trailer and i i i said to people when this movie comes out next year this is the movie that everyone else has to beat. Mm-hmm. And then it was one of the biggest disappointments ever, uh, not only cre- um, creatively or critically, but financially. There was a huge drop in, in audience attendance from, from week one to week two, like mm-hmm. even bigger drop than, than is normal. No one watched that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, um, I've, I've, always said that um there's every time someone makes um a movie or a show of a book that people before always said it isn't really adaptable uh, and then someone does it and then it's just oh no one ever thought this could be adapted but they found a way to do it that doesn't necessarily say they did it well um mm. and to me <laughs> sex snyder's watchman is like proof that the comic book cannot be properly adapted to film i believe Mm. they did their best yeah and they made the best movie that they were able to make but they failed if they really wanted to adapt adapt that comic book because Mm. the movie is just such a small portion and i do not really mean obviously they uh, they left out a lot um, of the story, uh, but I feel like they mostly missed the intent 
of of what the comic book was trying to do and to probably adapt that to the 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 medium of film um they just took the superheroes punch each other aspect and put that uh, on film but they do did not really try anything about what the movie uh, what the comic book was really trying to to say and what the message of that comic book was and and trying to um adapt like storytelling techniques that were so specific to the medium of comics in Watchmen and try to do something um, in the same vein for the medium of film, that would have been interesting. And I believe that is something that Damon Lindelof did with hmm. the Watchmen show, which obviously is not an adaptation of the, of the source material. It is a continuation um, of the, the story that we have in the, in the comic book, um, but told in the way of serialized television and trying to um, uh, use techniques of serialized television to tell that story and to have a message and to really say something about the the time that we're living in ju just like um, Alan Moore as the writer of course with uh, Dave Gibbons and, and John Higgins did in in Watchmen the comic book and and I think that is the um, the 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 highest achievement that Lindelof and his team um, did with with the show, not just taking the characters and telling um, like a a superhero story with them, but really taking something um, out of the um, out of the times, out of politics, out of social um, agendas, uh, and putting them in a genre show. I um, I gave the the discs to to a friend uh, so i'm friends with the with the the booksellers here in in our part of town just across the street um and and he's a comic book guy as well so uh, i gave him the disc and his um, um his wife asked is 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 this a show that i could watch as well is it science fiction or what is it and i told her it's a it's a drama about race in america um clothed in in a superhero show mm -hmm. Um, and I believe that's that's what it is. It's not it's not about superheroes. It's about something different entirely, told in in a genre show. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, again, something that I have on my list here that also um, belongs to to this discussion. Um, if you have heard or read any interviews with Damon Lindelof about the show, he he's always talking about. Um, where he got the the inspiration to do the show and, and to tell the story of, of uh, as he calls it, Tulsa 21. Um, in that show, he always cites the article, um, The Case for Reparations by Ta-Nehisi Coates. The Ta-Nehisi Coates mm -hmm. released um, um, in the Atlantic in, in 2014. And um, over the past few days, I, I read that article. So uh, I just finished it today um, before we started recording. And... Uh, so Tulsa 21 is, is mentioned in that article. It's just a very brief uh, moment in that it's a very, very long article. It took me mm -hmm. a long time to read it, um, but it's very interesting. So if you haven't read it, uh, it's easy to find. You can just Google it, the case for reparations. Uh, it's on the Atlantic website. And um, Tanaisi Coates uh, gives you a great overview um, about what, slavery did to um to to america of course to, to mm -hmm. black people in america and to their economic situation and then also all the other um elements after slavery that were just 
basically implemented by um, by corporations by by government to keep black people in in a disadvantage in an economical economic disadvantage mm-hmm. um, and then it, it takes a long time just towards the end of the article for him to really come to the point uh, of how reparations could be uh, or could help the, the the situation just not not just for for black people in america but for for america as a nation itself and what i found very interesting um, which i of course didn't know when i started the article that at the end of the article he takes germany as an as an example how something like that could work and could help a, a a nation heal from its past um, and takes the, the, the example of, of Germany and, and Israel and Germany paying reparations to, to the nation of Israel and, and how it um, helped Germany to come to, to terms to first acknowledge its own past mm-hmm. and then um, come to terms and, and try to heal from its own past within, but of course also um, to, to, to the rest of the world. Um, so very, very interesting article. Um, if you like the, the Watchmen show, I would highly recommend you um, go find uh, those, those texts that, that influence the, the show. And mm-hmm. maybe the, the easiest one to start with is probably the case for reparations by, by Tanisi Coates. Yeah, I am talking a lot. I'm taking over your show. Um, you, you invited a pod. I've been podcasting for eight years, uh, so uh, and I, I I do this because I like to talk. So go for um, it. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm down for whatever. Um, I have heard about that article. Um, I've never read it before, and I didn't know that it was uh, brought up by Lindelof as like a, an inspiration for that. But I think you're right. Uh, there, I was trying to. I could never put into words like why I'm not liking the movie, and partly it's just I don't always like Zack Snyder's like sensibilities for things. It's a little, it's just always like in your face, um, colorful and whatever, and slow moe and stuff. But uh, it, I feel like you're right. Like the book had something to say about that time. This new show has something to say about this time. That movie, I could not even tell you what the point of that movie is, except for let's try to make this comic book into a movie. And there's no real yeah. like uh, gravitas behind it to, to make it mean anything. So, um, yeah, I just haven't, I've been like, you know, maybe I'll pick it up again later on, but I just, I haven't even tried in like a week for that movie again. I'm just like, I'm kind of done. I'm like 55 minutes away from finishing it. And I just don't care. <laughs> I'd much rather match, go back and watch the show, you know, at this point. So, yeah. cause I definitely need to see that again. I'm trying to let it sit a little bit. Um, cause it's uh, it's pretty heavy, especially being from Tulsa. Yeah, you know, sure. Uh, that was why it was hard for me to get for the, through the first episode. I think it's partly at least why Brent's, um, you know, hasn't gotten into all of it too. But uh, like, uh, like you said, though, it's like we need to to deal with our past, and that's something that Oklahoma has certainly not dealt with. Like we barely even knew about it being like living there until just the last few years. So yeah. hell uh, yeah, man, boomer sooner. You know what? <laughs> hey, hold on just one second. I got to go help my wife with the thing. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Let me bring up one more thing. Uh, yeah, for it. Uh, that. I guess also fits this um, this subject <laughs> that we're on right now. Um, Bianca and I the other day watched the documentary LA ninety two. Do you know that oh, documentary? No, I haven't heard of that. I know okay, that so event, it's, but it's it's on Netflix. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm assuming it's uh, it's in the U.S. as well. We don't have the so. Of course, Netflix doesn't have the same yeah. stuff on on, on, on all their um, territories, uh, but I, I believe it's on U.S. Netflix. Mm-hmm. So it's a documentary um, about uh, everything that happened after the the Rodney King um, beating and the and the trial and then mm-hmm. the the riots in in Los Angeles, and the whole documentary is just a a compilation of original footage from that time so there's no oh, wow, no, okay. no, no off come off um comment or, or anything mm-hmm. um it's they, they put music under the images so there you, you have some kind of viewer manipulation going on with that uh, but but no no commentary or anything so movie starts out with um news footage from the the watts riots in the 60s in los angeles and then it switches to um, to ninety two, um, chronicling the um, everything from from the the incident itself, the police beating mm-hmm. um, Rodney King, then um, the trial and everything after the trial, and at the end it uh, it does this very cool thing of intercutting um, images that you have seen in the beginning from the Watts riots with images that you have seen during the movie um, uh, from, from 92 mm-hmm. and, and making clear how these are absolutely mirror images of each other. How in the, sp- uh, after like 27 or 28 years later, more or less the same thing does happen again. The same words are said by various parties about the, what, what's going on. Um, and nothing has really changed. Yeah. And then, and the, so this is um, this document is from from 2017. It's made by T.J. Martin and Daniel Lindsay uh, from 2017. And then, if you put another 28 years to to L.A. 92, you you get <laughs> to the year 2020. Yeah. Uh, and it's not it's not Los Angeles alone anymore. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, it seems like everywhere. It's, the whole of the United States uh, is is on fire, uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it makes you it makes you wonder if if uh, if it's like the like in Stephen King's it it's like the, the twenty seven year cycle uh, <laughs> oh, of, of things like like this happening of racism and <laughs> police brutality. <laughs> Ouch! I did look up uh, LA ninety two is available on the US Netflix as well, but um, I had so. never heard of that. It's interesting, especially with it's on their Black Lives Matter collection, but I haven't mm-hmm. seen it like pop up on there because it's like a one of the main categories when you scroll through now but uh yeah. so i added it to my list um yeah. i'm sure yeah, that, also, again it's hard to watch but yeah 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 again it's, it's heavy stuff but highly recommended and uh something that i haven't watched um like recently but a few years ago uh is uh, 13th by Ava DuVernay the documentary yeah. from 2016 yeah also very very good also fits yeah. that uh, that subject and uh now i'll let you guys talk for a while brent you're back do you have to something that you want to recommend or mention or review yeah uh, i'd like to review my wife dropping her uh, toothbrush into the paint stripper bottle uh that we just picked up um that's interesting is so filled with fumes at this point she couldn't figure out how to get it out of there and i was like um we have some pliers uh just stick those bad boys down there and Pop them right out. Got it. Fellas, don't get married. Uh, Anyway, so (laughs) what I would say is there is a new movie, a new theatrical release that came out this week here in the States. A Russell Crowe joint called Unhinged. (laughs) My wife and I, we traveled to our local drive-in 
and uh, we watched this movie. First of all, yesterday she pulled up our drive-in theater and they've been showing classics and whatnot, obviously like Jaws, Jurassic Park, Sonic the Hedgehog from earlier this year, if you can nice. believe it, 2020 came out mere <laughs> months ago. Anyway, so crazy. I was like, well, we own Sonic the Hedgehog. Of course, we can watch that at any time you want. The greatest movie of all time should win every Oscar this year, right? Mm -hmm. But she said, there's this Russell Crowe movie called Unhinged. I was like, oh, I don't remember him making that movie or whatever. And it wasn't until like hours later, I was like, what was it called? And I looked it up. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, a new, it's a new movie? They, they have those this year. Oh, okay. So we decided to go watch this. And I can definitely tell you, Unhinged is a movie. <laughs> Sweet. It's yeah, that's it. That's a that's full review. It's a movie. Um, it's a movie. I have not seen it before. Therefore, it's a new movie. Mm -hmm. Has Russell Crowe in it, and big fan. It, it's ninety three minutes long. That's long. Good, at least. Yeah, no, uh, it was long? it was okay. It's a it's a thriller movie. It's a kind of uh, about road rage. Have you guys mm -hmm. seen a trailer or anything? Like I went yes. into this completely I blind. So. I never heard of it, never seen oh, a trailer. Okay. Didn't know who was in it beyond Russell Crowe. I think that might hurt your experience. I almost texted you uh, last week because they released the trailer for it and people were like, Russell Crowe should do trailers for every single movie because it's just him being interviewed and he's just like talking all low and he's like, this movie's just unhinged. What can I tell you? It's unhinged. <laughs> and it's so like weird and absurd that it makes you like, be like, this movie's gotta be fucking great. Yeah. So maybe no. that hurt. And I have a question. Yeah. Hello. If I sit like this, do you have trouble telling us apart, Steve and I? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Both of you guys wearing the same color shirt, both bald, both have the same facial hair. <laughs> it's really similar. Uh, when I met you in person, I was like, oh, holy shit. I'm already yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, you texted me that picture of the two of you, like with your arms around each other. Uh -huh. I was like, I don't know which who who is Steven. Exactly. Yeah. Wh there was which a, one is this? Yeah. An anomaly so. in the yeah. Look, you all look the same to me. Look, anyway, unhinged. Yeah. Hey, yeah, exactly. So uh, it's weird because like he's put on like a massive amount of weight for this movie. Mm -hmm. and, like no judgment. I guess maybe that's like part of his like. Do you mean character. for this movie or yeah. just in general? <laughs> I, think I yeah, don't it's know. Like an overall. I don't know. It's, I don't know if like Jorel just like hit the buffet or what, but like he was he's really packing on the pounds, and uh, he like seems like a Texas guy or whatever. Like I don't know where this movie takes place. I don't know mm -hmm. what accent he's doing. At a certain point, he like talks to somebody he's got taped to a chair and he he sounds like he's from new york all of a sudden i'm like wait what where nice what? how'd this happen but the i feel like this movie is written by like a meathead like a guy mm -hmm. like whoever wrote this had on like one of those uh, poker visors on backwards and also upside <laughs> down you know and he was like typing out this movie and then i'm sure he got like a bunch of notes from the studio where he's like well fuck i gotta fucking address all this shit bro and so he's like going through there and he's like uh yeah it's just a fucking traffic i don't know <laughs> so it's like, like the, the easiest possible way to get around any of these notes it's almost like if like troy duffy made this movie in a way he like went immediately from Boondock Saints like three or whatever he's he's working on to yeah. making this movie. That's not the case, but that's what it feels like, you know. That's a it's, good way to describe uh, it, though. Uh -huh. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know that I could recommend this. I don't know if it's like even if it came off or came on TV, if you'd want to watch it. But it's definitely <laughs> a new movie, so if that's something you're want to, oh, or wanting to experience. I'm going to send you the trailer yeah. after the show and you watch that. And maybe at this point you'll be like, yeah, it was, it's too little too late. But uh, mm -hmm. I actually got pumped because of that. It's, it seemed like it would be, it seemed like a crappy like drive-in movie or like, you know, like we talked about like Sunday afternoon movie, just something to put on. But 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it seems like you would have rather just watched Sonic the Hedgehog over again. Yeah, over most things, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you watch? The was it a double feature? Did you stay? No, it was it was just a uh, just one movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was like, that's okay. Feature. I was ready to get out of there. You're like, I'm I don't like, need to be here any much yeah. any longer than that. Yeah. Well, I'll have to uh, send you that trailer though, because it's mm-hmm. it's uh, at least I, maybe they. It feels like the trailer because it's just him talking about it pretty much, and then it shows like some scenes like cars like basically beating each other up, transformer style. Uh, so I imagine, uh, they were like, this movie sucks. Steven, Mm -hmm? when you said cars, I pictured like the Pixar cars. Oh yeah. 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 And then you said transformers. (laughs) So like, you imagine a movie unhinged starring Russell Crowe with the cars from cars as transformers, but they're, they're road raging and they beat each other up. Not for nothing, but I think we've got a brand new pop culture combat segment, (laughs) uh, that we need to put on the books immediately. (laughs) Amazing. I love it. This is, that's Mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah. Be inventive. Um, what do you got Steven? Well, I had one that I was uh, excited to bring up to you both uh, because I, I, Brent is a big heavy metal fan. Andy, are you a metal fan? Um, yes, but okay. uh, with the caveat that usually when I talk to people your age, mm-hmm. um, you, most of them mean something different when they talk about <laughs> heavy metal because the, the genre has evolved so much from, uh, from the 80s when I got into metal because my brother's almost four years older than me. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not very current on my, on my metal. Well, this but is you perfect. own all the Limp Bizkit albums, right? Like, is that what you're obviously. saying? I, I have at least a few. I don't think okay. I have all of them or anymore maybe i got rid of some but i'm sure i have maybe two or three you don't you don't need results may vary in the canon you know west was not part of the band at that time obviously we all know yeah the later ones i i never fucked with them uh, yeah i yeah mm-hmm. well i i wondered because i figured this was topical for brent for at least the the metal part but then for you for the horror part and i wondered if you guys had um reviewed this yet on your show uh but i watched we summon the darkness the other day, uh, yeah, which it's is not, on... it's not out in Germany yet. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, do you know about this? Yeah, I know. Okay. So uh, overall, I thought it was it was all right, um, but it uh, it works for you not being current on metal because it takes place in the '80s and it's during like the Satanic Panic and the uh, at least in America, uh, where they were like, "This is the devil's music, and these kids are going to go into people's homes and murder everybody." But it exists in a world where there is like there's like 18 kids that have been murdered or 18 people over a span of time. And uh, it basically follows these like three girls who are going to a metal concert and then they meet three guys at that metal concert and you know, kind of what, what happens, you know, all the stuff transpires, but uh, um, it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, I, I put it on, I, uh, I enjoyed it enough. It has Alexandra Daddario in it. Um, I see that. Yeah. Interesting. Like, okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I knew her from some stuff. Um, the other people in it, I didn't really know, except for there's a guy named Logan Miller who was in um, Escape Room. He is was, Johnny uh, Knoxville in this? Johnny Knoxville plays a pastor. Holy in shit. In it, which is uh, pretty cool. Is uh, he a Velasa pastor or just a regular? Oh, you wish. You wish, Brent. I, I do he's wish. Just a regular, well, he's a, um, a very angry, you know, uh, metal is the devil's music kind of pastor. So, mm. um, And then... Um, there's this guy, one of the main guys in the other group um, that I liked a lot. I thought he was actually pretty good in it for his role. His name is Austin Swift, and it's Taylor Swift's little brother, uh, which wow. I just thought was weird. I didn't expect him to show up like in a metal horror movie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, anywhere. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, 
it's it's pretty cool. Um, there's a lot in the the plot. I can't really get much more than that, just because of the the craziness of where it goes and everything. But um, I've been Andy. I've been watching all these like random horror movies lately. So I watched that. I watched uh, the old April Fool's Day from the '80s. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. About that, it's like a, a group of college kids go to an island where there's like an old cabin and stuff, or like a big resort actually. And they're invited by a friend who just like inherited it. And she wants to like invite them out. And she's going to make this island into like a travel destination. And it's on April Fool's. So they keep pranking each other. But like one by one, they all drop and start dying. And you don't know like what's going on and stuff. Um, and it's just like a slasher film, whatever. But uh, this was kind of fitting with that. Like I wouldn't, I didn't love We Summon the Darkness. Uh, I love other horror movies more. I would rather pay attention more to them. But I was like, just putting this one on. I was like, this is pretty cool. I, I dug it overall. So. Is there, a scene, a shot. is there a scene in the movie where Taylor Swift's uh, brother <laughs> comes across a dead body and there's like blood everywhere? He kneels down, touches his fingers to the blood, sniffs it. He's like, looks like we got bad blood. Looks directly <laughs> in the camera. Is there a scene? Is that in the movie? Andy, they keep that in there? I love that you are a listener because now you get to see Brett. I love... <laughs> I love podcasting with Brent because he gets this look on it. I just like to stop and just be like, where are we going? What, what avenue, like what trail through the forest? Uh, and you yes, can, you can also, you can, you can hear it on the podcast. Okay, good. You always know when he's, he's starting this little, like, like a story. You know, okay. Yeah. He's building up to some punchline. I'm wondering what it's going to be. Uh, I'm, I love I'm it. just assuming this was a Tyler Swift joke that I'm not getting because I'm not <laughs> yeah. very concerned on my Tyler Swift either. But uh-huh. Was, I'm sure it was funny. Yeah, it was. It was, it was like a three. It was. Know? Yeah, it was a three. Yeah, a Look, solid Stephen, three, though. Stephen loves yeah. Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. and anytime I get to make a I joke do. that he will get about music, I'm, I just try to take it. You, you go know? for it. Yeah, I go for it. Yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't get many jokes about music, is what you're saying. Well, uh, except he, for Taylor Swift. Is it Taylor Swift, <laughs> Katy Perry, and um, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Tate, uh, the Airborne Toxic Event. That's true. Those are, those are his big three. I only talked to him about Goff Brooks, so I know he. That's has true. Some we Gulf have, Brooks and Brent would well. be like, "No." <laughs> um, you know, we we talked uh, Brent and I last week about uh, WAP, uh, that wet ass pussy. Oh my God. Uh, song. I listened to that. Yeah. Uh, everything I know about that phenomenon is from your podcast and from the Terror Table. <laughs> oh, yeah, they <laughs> talked, they about, talked it about it too on their <laughs> yeah. latest episode. Yeah. I saw oh, something. I, I guess on Twitter when everything, everyone was making like WAP references uh-huh. in their tweets, and I thought, okay, there is something with Cardi B and WAP, and I have no idea what it is. And I listened to your podcast and to the Terror Table, and now there I you go. Them. But now I didn't look it up. I have no intention of doing so, but. Okay, but we'll send you the link. That's fine. <laughs> you you can you can send the link. I don't don't have to click it. No, that's no, you true. Do legally, yeah, that's part of yeah, that's part of it. Uh, Brent, you better check on that because I don't know if you've been sending links out right. Oh, I'm just oh okay. So I, what I do is I take a I call a carrier pigeon that mm-hmm. I know. Uh, okay, it's Bruce anyway. So like I tie a, a figure a mini figure of Link from uh, Wind Waker Zelda. The Zelda okay, game sure, where it sure. looks cartoony. Most people don't like it, but it attaches well to a pigeon. Anyway, so, and then I write on a, um, what do you call it? Like a fortune cookie fortune, mm-hmm. like a website, a web address. Obviously, start with HTTPS colon backslash backslash. Or is it, well, I guess it's the slashes are first, right? Uh, Steven, you're a hacker. Which no, one the is H, it? The H would be first. Oh, fuck. Okay, I've already started off wrong. Yeah. Any, so I have to redo all these links now. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Anyway, gotta, I'll yeah, do better. Yeah. If you do it that way, I will 
click that link. Okay, thank you. Oh, wow. That's all I asked. There you and go. If you a carrier pigeon with a link figure <laughs> and a fortune cookie shows up here, here's, there's, a, there's an open window right next to me. You probably cannot see it because it's Fantastic. too, too uh, bright. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. If you could, and go ahead and smash that like button. Okay, <laughs> subscribe. Hit that bell icon if you could, please. We're trying to get some subscribers on our non-existent YouTube channel. Oh, my God. I want to see Brent send a carrier pigeon from Tulsa to Germany. Look, it's and if be that pigeon is not called Bruce, no. <laughs> I will ask it. <laughs> it only speaks Swahili, so I mean, like, good luck. But you know, I don't know what languages you speak. I mean, it could work. Yeah, I will try. Mm -hmm. Do you speak Swahili? Swahili, uh, yes, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Anybody outside the United States, I just assume, speaks uh, more languages than us. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I can't you know, know what they speak. So, yeah, that's a, a valid option. Well, we definitely know Andy speaks Spanish because he has his uh, Mexican friendship show, Dos Allies, right? You still have that? Yeah. Uh, occasionally, uh, I do. Um, we're about to record another episode next week. Damn. You've got like a Dave Roberts amount of podcasts that you're, you're hosting. <laughs> I thought the other day on Erie International right now, I might be the one with the, with the most podcasts that release more or less regularly because mm -hmm. I think David only has one and Dave has two and I am now up to three. Although uh, Das Alles is not that regular anymore right now but i have one weekly and one monthly podcast and then does alice infrequently and this one obviously you can point to people like this can be your starting point you'd be like hey if you really want to get to know the you want to get up in the the crannies and nooks of andy preller just let's talk about stuff episode whatever this is 159 something like that yeah i don't know whatever. i think it's yeah we're pretty proud i think you anyway. get a good pretty good representation of what i do on podcasts here yeah. <laughs> i think yeah, overall actually yeah um going back real quick i just uh i realized i brought up wap for a reason it was because uh the daily show invited a country singer i think it was maggie rogers i'm not positive though to do a version of that and i thought oh. brent would hate it because it's country but i loved it because it's country and just hearing like, you know, uh, a slowed down acoustic version of someone saying, um, you know, stuff about that uh, was, was interesting. So um, check I might that out, like it. You know? It sounds ridiculous. So it might be, it might right be enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous enough. For the Velocipaster of <laughs> WAP. I actually have a, a country recommendation on my list that I compiled Ooh, for the show. Really? So. Wow. Do <laughs> you want to go uh, for it? You can say yeah, whatever now. Uh, have you ever heard of Tyler Childers? Yes, I love Tyler Childers. Yeah, nice. I, I just bought his, his latest record recently because mm -hmm. um, traveling last year, I don't know how, but somehow I became aware of, of, um, of Tyler Childers and a few other mm -hmm. of these younger um, country artists that released their records in these past few years. And um, when I learned that he was produced or his latest two records are produced by, by Sturgis Simpson and I'm a oh. Sturgis Simpson's fan. Yeah. I thought, okay, well, I, I think uh, I will give it a try and listen to a few of his songs. And then recently I, uh, yeah, I, I bought his, um, his third, his latest record that came out last year, uh, Country Squire. And it's mm. a great record. I, I really like it. Um, he's, it's, it's a little, uh, it's, it's modern country in the sense that he's, he's young, but he's, um, 
it's like proper country. It's not like yeah. Sergio Simpson went this way of his first record is very like a proper old school country record. And then he became more and more psychedelic. And then his latest record was more of a rock album. And now he's going to release or he, he announced that he's going to release two albums of um, re-recordings of, of songs of his in a very rootsy folk acoustic style he did a um he did a, a concert a few weeks ago when everyone started doing um or started streaming concerts they did one from the ryman auditorium in in nashville um him and his band and doing like these these yeah roots folk cover versions or not cover versions of of songs mm -hmm. of his and he announced that he's gonna release two albums of of these versions um so yeah and tyler childress is still in his, on his third record his it's, it's proper country um not as psychedelic although uh judging from the the cover uh it seems like tyler childers also likes to uh indulge in some mind altering um uh things uh who, who would do that i don't know. <laughs> i you know i i'm not a big fan of country music but this album cover fucking rules have you seen it's this steven drawn by tony moore co-creator uh, okay. of the walking dead there you go. Oh, Fantastic. And Battle cover. Pope. And Battle Pope. And Battle Pope. <laughs> Thank you. That's true. Yep. Uh, artist on uh, Rick Remenda's Fear Agent. Mm -hmm. and oh, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great cover. I remember that and now. A, and, a, and a great album, if you like uh, country music. Yeah, that's wicked. Um, I had found him a few uh, months ago, I guess, not too long ago. But um, the song that I first found is uh, All Yorn. And he does a, uh, I don't know if it's on this album or not, but um, I had found he did a concert at Red Rocks in Colorado in Denver, uh, which is like this amazing outdoor venue. And um, it's, he's like perfect for that type of thing. And it's just, uh, he just has a good voice, good soulful voice. Um, you and I have been on the, you and I have been like talking on Twitter and stuff, like DMs what? about, uh, I know, Brent, I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> uh awkward um you and i had been talking about garth brooks and and different country and stuff um because i'm not a huge fan of most modern country but i like some people right now and i think you mentioned sturgill and stuff but uh um but there was uh um like there's some now that feel like more of like i would say like country and western like they feel like that old school like johnny cash um kind of thing and and instead of like modern like arena country that yeah. i'm not into at all and so that I feel like there's gotten a, a resurgence of that lately, and um, that's more like bluesy and rock and stuff, and and, and old school country focus. So um, there's been a lot of cool stuff coming around, but yeah, he's he's awesome. I like him. Yeah, there's definitely that that wave of alternative country that is not um, yeah rooted in 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 Nashville mainstream yeah. arena rock, Shania Twain, Tim McGraw, um, mm. uh, country music. Um, but yeah, those those people like um, Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson that yeah. um, do not give a shit about how to how a country artist has to look. I've never seen mm -hmm. Simpson wear a hat, for example. Yeah. Uh, and I love Sturgill Simpson when he he got the Grammy a few years ago for like I think it was for his third album in the in the country music category. And that year, that. Um, that part of the Grammys was not on live TV. So it was oh. just a, a, a taping in a room with not many people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he, so he, he, he accepted that Grammy and, um, and he, as I said, he's one of those people that are not, I think they're not very popular in the, 
in the country music mm-hmm. industry. Uh, so and, and he accepted this award, and then he said, "I, I guess the te- I guess the revolution won't be televised." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, mm, "We're not going to put that on there." Steven, cool. the uh, that song you were talking about, "All Yorn," is on mm-hmm. that album. Oh, okay, cool. And I I've never heard of this guy. I've never heard any of yeah. his music. So I'm just going to play that song real quick, just so we yeah. can get a taste of it. <laughs> God damn you! Okay, <laughs> interesting. I like oh, it. Sounds- it's like Nine Inch Nails a little bit. A little bit. A little, a little bit. Trent Reznor-y. I could, I could see that. Hmm. I don't... Okay. That song, that goddamn song is going to be in my mind all day because of you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So is it country once. or is it not? Ugh. It is. I know that's been a discussion. Mm-hmm. A Grammy has been won for the country music category. Just let it happen. Just, just because... Open, just open uh, up your cheeks. And let, it, let it come flying right in. Just because Mr. Cyrus came to the rescue. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. Hey, listen, um, Bohemian Rhapsody won Best Editing of the Oscars, so anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can't trust any institutions anymore. You know, it's hard. You've, you've led me to another tangent here, speaking of Go Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. A movie that I have not seen, but I oh, have okay. seen that, that video of, of the guy who, who made a case uh, about, about um, why the, the movie yeah. should not have like won. Like the, the um, lunch scene? Exactly. The main yeah. one? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. there's like takes 75 minutes. cuts. Yeah. yeah. Scene, it takes 87 minutes for him to sit down. <laughs> it's, it's a mess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bianca had seen the movie and she, she liked it. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, and here's my, my tangent. Last year, we, we went to see uh, Rocketman, the, the Elton John mm-hmm. movie, uh, which was made by the by the same director. So um, Bohemian Rhapsody was started by Brian Singer and then yeah. was, um, uh, forgetting his name right now, uh, who, yeah, who took over and, and, and finished Bohemian Rhapsody. And he uh, also directed um, Rocketman. Mm-hmm. More or less uh, at the same time, I think he, f- from the set of Rocketman, he went to finish Bohemian Rhapsody or, or something. Damon so, Lindelof. That's not him, <laughs> no. Uh, and Rocketman, <laughs> Rocketman came out a year later um, and not having seen Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm still confident in, mm. in saying that Rocketman is the better movie. You are correct. Uh, it's my favorite movie of, of last year that I've seen oh, wow. at, at the cinema. And I think... Um, Rocketman got robbed of all the awards because Bohemian Rhapsody won mm. the year before, mm. um, which uh, I think is a is a shame. And people everyone burn out of it. Go watch and ro- uh, go watch Rocketman. Uh, Dexter Fletcher was his name, the the director. Um, I, when I'd seen him, yeah, when I'd seen him, I was like, oh, he looks familiar. He was in uh, like Lockstock and yep. uh, Smoking Guns and stuff. Like he's an actor and, and yeah. some other things from like uh, a while ago, but. Um, yeah, I, I didn't love either of them, really. Um, overall, I feel like uh, they, he did the best uh, like with Bohemian Rhapsody that he could, but um, I just like couldn't get into it that much. I felt like uh, Rocketman 2, I remember being wa- watching it, and I was like digging it, and then there's a scene where it's like he starts off you know, his journey to become the Elton John we know, and then there's kind of like a quick montage, and then he is like, a huge star and i was like wait i thought the movie was gonna be about what just took place in the last 30 seconds in that montage i thought that was gonna be the explosion of this movie and i was like oh oh, okay cool so i was like uh i guess expecting something different or whatever Mm -hmm. but um both of them kind of like i I watched them i was kind of like you know 
What I loved about Rocketman was how they were able to um, convey live music in a movie, especially mm -hmm. in that scene when he has his first concert in the in the states in this uh, in this club and and everyone starts floating for a moment. That stuff's yeah, uh, really cool. So yeah. these 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 fantastical elements in the in the movie these elements that are obviously not realistic but they are in there to to convey to an audience in a movie theater uh, what it would feel like being in that room when elton john plays his first concert in the united hmm. states so i like that interpretation of it i i saw it as just like a a better way like bohemian rhapsody just feels like a straight movie and i feel like taking those iconic people like the way that they did that with rocket man it becomes like more than just a straight biopic it's like uh more yep. intriguing and stuff but that's actually like what you said there is like oh yeah that would have felt really cool to be like at elton john's like first american concert yeah. and the way he's like showing everybody what he is uh, that's something that i is. always think about when when people like um did rami malik did did win the oscar didn't he for i feel like he uh, did yeah 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 um and Everyone was talking about the the last whatever twenty minutes or whatever it is of Bohemian Rhapsody, how they recreated the the Live Aid mm -hmm. concert, shot for shot, and and everything was spot on. And then I always think, yeah, but where's where's the creativity in that? Sure. Recreating something that everyone has seen and and making it um, like it is the same thing. And it's it's a, it is an achievement. It's a technical achievement, um, but. And and I always think about that when um, yeah Rami Malek or um, I think uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman when he won for for Capote and um, um, mm -hmm. Joaquin Phoenix was nominated that same year for for Cash um, it it it's it is an achievement it's 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 a craft to uh, portray a a person um, that people know know the the sound of their voice know know the 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 movements and ticks that these people have but is it great acting yeah <laughs> i believe i believe those are two <laughs> different disciplines uh, mm -hmm. uh but those um those actors slash characters tend to win the awards because it's easy to compare it's mm -hmm. easy to look at the the acting and the original and say he nailed it he gets an award yeah yeah well yeah, and it's kind of like uh with with the watchman movie going back to that like a lot of the criticism about that was things were taken too literally from the comic and done like shot for shot or maybe the dialogue was it works on the page but doesn't necessarily work in the the movie or whatever so yeah like there's there's something about like adaptation that needs to take place there to make it kind of worth your while or whatever like i i still haven't seen bohemian rhapsody um primarily because steven was like nah, yeah just don't even don't even worry I mean, about it you know like yeah. uh, i i don't feel like i'm missing much and if i do want to see it it sounds like the best way to do that is just just to like pull up the live aid concert footage on youtube you yes. know after i watch all my conspiracy videos you know <laughs> i gotta stay up on those right uh, but then yeah watch live aid no, I, uh, this is exactly what I was going to make my point was, uh, Andy mentioned that, uh, recreating that concert. And I was like, oh, that's right. Whatever Amanda and I watched, um, not Rocket Man, but whenever we watched Bohemian Rhapsody at home, uh, after it was over, we were both like, oh man, I, I really just want to watch that concert. So we found the concert and we, it's like 20 minutes long. It's fucking amazing. And you're like, oh, this is all I really wanted to see. I just wanted to see this and maybe a queen documentary. 
yeah. which there are like five. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't found the, the best one to watch yet. But I, was, mm-hmm. I realized afterwards that nothing really seems special about that movie. He doesn't even, I think that he's the one, like Taron Egerton sings in Rocket Man, but Rami Malek doesn't even sing yeah. in that movie. And I felt like, why is he, like, what is he doing then? He's just being Freddie Mercury. I'd much rather just watch Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rocketman also was so. the braver movie in the depiction of gay sex, which yeah. uh, I'm told they only hint at anything gay in Bohemian Rhapsody. Like a hand, and, literally like hands and, touching. <laughs> and in Rocketman, they really show you two men having sex. Yeah. I brought that up to my in-laws, who were very progressive um, in general and stuff, but they liked both of those movies. And I said that I, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, I was like, they like completely gloss over him being gay. And my father-in-law, Dan, was like, well, yeah, but, like, he's not only gay. Like, there's so much more to his life. And I was like, yes. And they showed all of that, but didn't show a very important part of his life that everybody identifies with him. Uh, and it felt like a real missed opportunity. Um, it just felt weird not to mention it, you know, or well, to- so. You were telling me that your father-in-law eventually came around. He's like, yeah, I guess they could have used more fisting in this movie. He, I can't say he loves fisting. <laughs> <laughs> almost got take you. It back. Uh, take it Damn back. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I'll get you next time, Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Andy, if you want to keep going, I think this is fun. And you got a long-ass list, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm tapping out at Unhinged. Go for Do it. it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, our friend Kenny from Canada um, mm-hmm. is a very creative person, and he just started a, a new music project called Corpse Fighter. Um, yeah. Oh, it's like Kids tweeted about this or something. <laughs> a horror-themed punk rock band, which, as, I, as far as I know at the moment, consists of only himself. Um, I don't know if anyone else has any hands in in this, but he he produced a whole album. He recorded oh, wow. and produced a whole album. He's released, I believe, two songs so far, two original songs and two cover songs. He covered "I Turned Into a Martian" by The Misfits and "Bad Moon Rising" by CCR, um, mm-hmm. and released them on his YouTube channel. If you, so if you search for awesome. "Corpse Fighter" on on YouTube, you will find those. And he was kind enough to to send me a a link, not by pigeon, but by mail. He's very <laughs> progressive like that um uh, seems to the unfortunately traditional is what it sounds like to me but you know whatever yeah i mean canadians you know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah he sent me a link to the whole album uh it's nine original songs and those two cover songs and it's a great album i really like it um he really did a great job very creative and he, he also produced like one or two um videos that you can see on his youtube channel so you know awesome. he recorded the music he also did uh moving images and he also created like graphics for for the songs for like for the album cover and such and the album will be released um, in the next few weeks he told me maybe in four to six weeks or so on on the on the streaming platforms so um i would say search for corpse fighter on youtube and on on instagram he does have an instagram account for for this project follow um the the youtube channel and the instagram account awesome and you will be notified when the album is released and yeah it's it's, it's really good he, he really did a great job there i i just looked on apple music and it doesn't have the two songs you listed but it has a couple of other songs on there and it says it's from 2020 it's yeah. possible that those first that like these original songs one something was with rays what are the titles that you have in front of you, Do you have um, i don't hear let me know if this sounds familiar though god yeah, damn that's it, it. <laughs> that's the one <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> Steven, you had to know. You had to know. Uh, here. Corpse Fighter. Uh, it's two songs. Uh, Resurrect Me yeah. is one. And then the other one is Raise Hell Tonight. Uh, would you like to yeah. hear clips of each of those songs? <laughs> I, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But th- th- those are co- the correct titles. Okay. All right. There's an, both an album right forthcoming. Hell, well, it has a, yeah. lot of, uh, a lot of good things around it. Uh, punk music, horror stuff, CCR, down for that. Little Nas so. X. Yeah, all, all of it. Brent? It's all good. Congratulations, Brent? Kenny. You're doing it. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Speaking of horror, are you guys Stephen King fans? I think overall. I'm not, I, I don't read a lot of his stuff, uh, but I like, his, I like to watch his different adaptations, see, what's, see what people got going on. Mm-hmm. I can't read it at all, so I'm just going off of the, uh, the two-bit movies that came out. Yeah, so. you're like me. Mm-hmm. There's a new podcast, relatively new, started this year called The King Cast. Very creative here. Um, done by Eric Vespi and Scott Wampler, movie critics and, and yeah. big Stephen King fans uh, and, and horror critics, but movie critics in general. And the, the concept of the podcast is that they, um, they invite a guest, another guest, different guest uh, each episode, uh, and they talk about a Stephen King movie adaptation and the story that it was adapted from and the, the guest picks the, the story. Uh, it's very, very good, very entertaining. Uh, guests that they've had on, uh, Mike Flanagan, Elijah Wood, uh, Lee Wanell just recently. Damn. So mostly, awesome. mostly, mostly movie people um, that they know. Uh, and it's, it's very, very interesting even if you haven't read the, the stories or seen the movies because I haven't seen all the movies and read all the stories i've read very little um so far uh of of stephen king's books uh but it's a great podcast very entertaining i love listening to eric vespi and scott wampler they're they're great podcasters i think Mm -hmm. um they have great insights and they so they are very knowledgeable in the world of stephen king and um some of their guests are as well some of their guests are like yeah i've only seen the movies i've never really read the books but i'm here to talk about them anyway mm-hmm. um like elijah wood for example openly admits mm-hmm. that he hasn't really read any king but he, he loves to, to talk about the the movie uh um, misery misery was the, oh, the elijah yeah, episode. Yeah. um so yeah uh, we have great great podcast uh, it's from uh the my, my favorite new podcast right now um mm-hmm. it's the one of that immediately um became one of the podcasts that I listen to every episode of and um, that I'm looking forward to every episode each week. So the King cast with Eric Vespi and Scott Wampler. Yeah. If I'd heard about that recently. That it was really good. Um, I didn't know who was behind it though. Uh, and when you said Eric Vespi, I was like, that sounds familiar. He was, I looked him up. He was Quint on ain't it cool news. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I was like, Oh, I haven't uh, heard about him in a while. I haven't followed any of his stuff in a bit. So uh, that sounds cool. I bet he would be good at that. Um, I did have a, a question about one, if they had mentioned it or if you've seen it, because my first um, Stephen King adaptation that I ever saw when I was a kid was The Tommyknockers from 1993. It yeah, I have not seen it. Horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it was so bad, but uh, I loved it. <laughs> I believe they, they had an episode on The Tommyknockers. Yeah, yes, they did. They yeah. did have an episode on The Tommyknockers pretty recently. Awesome. And they had a... I think it was a director from Australia that they had on uh-huh. and he knows someone who was in that movie. So they shot the movie in Australia and oh, a, f- yeah. a friend of his played a, a young boy in the movie. 
So he sat down with that guy and his parents and, and talked to him about this. So he, so he has, he has, he has anecdotes from that shoot and they opened the family photo album and they had photos what? that they took on the set of Tommy Knockers in the, whenever that was, uh, when that guy was still yeah, a little yeah. boy. And, and they, they released those pictures on the KingCast um, Twitter account. So you can see those pictures from the family album. That's amazing. And they talk about those a lot in the episode. So that's, that's the most interesting part, not what they really have to say about the movie or the story, mm -hmm. anyway, but, but all those stories that uh, these are told secondhand, but, Sure. Still great stories and, and them describing those pictures and, and making up stories about those pictures. It's very funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Steven, yeah. That'd be hilarious to, to hear. Stephen, they're rebooting the Tommy Knockers. I just saw it when I was looking it up. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested. I don't remember. I don't want to ruin it, but I was, cause I was trying to, it's been a long time since I've knew the story, but it's like, a, um, I really don't want to ruin it. It's like a, an, <laughs> an invasion movie of some sort or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just remember being really terrible. My dad is uh, really loves like really shitty sci-fi movies. He always has um, all kinds of B movies and stuff. So we've always bonded over that. And this is one that he likes. Uh, when I was I was I was like eight when this came out, so it was like perfect age to just be like everything's great. It's a movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. well, um, you know, like <laughs> between the like the the old made for TV it movie. And the, oh, yeah, uh, the, yeah. the, uh, the newer ones that uh, Andy Moschetti uh, made, he, um, there's like some twists on it, you know? So mm -hmm. it's not like quite the same thing. That's what they're doing with this one. So it is an invasion movie, but they come through pregnant women's stomachs. It's called Tummy Knockers. So <laughs> be, be on the lookout for that. Good one. That was yep. a good one. Fuck. Props. <laughs> Tummy Knockers. I didn't even um, know there was going to be a movie. Uh, I didn't know they were remaking it. So when like, you said it, I was like, oh, shit. Piece, piece he knows together. too much. He knows too much. Man, that was really good, though. Um, yeah, uh, it'd be interesting. I, you made me think, though, too. This was Tommy Knockers must have been the second Stephen King adaptation I've seen because the first one was the, the, the It uh, TV series, miniseries, uh, only up until like the first 15 minutes because that, there was like a bloody bedroom it was like blood everywhere and i my parents would always make me leave after that so it's like i've seen that first 15 minutes and then tommy knockers and i was like stephen king is great <laughs> and that's I when guess. taylor swift's uh brother comes in there looks like there's bad blood here as well looks directly <laughs> in the camera anyway stephen we have to take the opportunity to get this on the record here okay. but andy um you did not grow up with a little movie by the name of the monster squad I don't think you even had it there, right? And you didn't have a word for squad. It doesn't mean anything, right? Uh, it's an English word, so it's not a word in the German language. And it's hmm. a movie that was released in Germany, but that was not very prominent, at least in my life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, I was waiting for it to get uh, maybe a re-release i've been looking for it for a few years um and it wasn't really available at least not um for a price that i was willing to pay um yeah. and i believe there was some re-release now within the last one or two years and yeah it was on it was on german tv mm -hmm. just a few weeks ago hey. and i watched it uh under the name monster busters well let me ask monster you this monster busters <laughs> that's amazing Andy, let me ask i you guess this. they uh they <laughs> thought well we had ghostbusters yeah Let's right exactly busters so so Andy, if i were to ask you does the Wolfman have nards? Yes or no? How would you answer? 
<laughs> uh, Wolfman got narts, isn't it like this? Yeah, uh, and he does. Yeah. So yeah. the answer is yes. Yes, that's okay. Question. That's the real answer. Or I'm sorry, that's the real question to question 121. Everybody <laughs> answered it correctly. Again, spoilers for the leftovers. I'm sorry to ruin that for you, but I, yeah. I would. There's alternative to- endings, as you as you see right here. Uh, sometimes they do that. They shoot several endings, and then uh, you can can switch between them. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would like for them to do that whole like serious episode to that serious TV show. And then at the end, the question is revealed. Does Wolf have, Wolfman have nards? And they're like, you get everybody to say yes. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, uh, it's one of those things that like hit me early on. It's one of the, I remember just growing up where it was always around, but uh, there's something about like, like Brent mentioned uh, Troy Duffy earlier, the Boondock Saints, like, uh, revisiting the Boondock Saints now is a little tough for me, but when I found it, I loved it because I had never heard of it and I just stumbled upon it. There's something about that magic of doing that with things that I feel is kind of lacking now, you know? I watched that movie mm, at this point, like, what do we have, like eight years ago or so? Mm-hmm. And it was a movie that I had heard of a lot and people loved it and it's this cult movie. And then I heard... I believe it was on Hideous Energy when they talked about the documentary, the, the overnight oh, success. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh-huh. so I watched that documentary first. I found the okay. documentary and watched it and loved the documentary. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched the movie and I thought, <laughs> I, I have no idea why people like that movie. Yeah. Thank you. It's Brent, Brent's bad. that way. Yeah, yeah. So I get it from a nostalgia standpoint. If you were young enough when the movie came out and you watched it and you were impressed by it. But me being in my mid-30s at that point, um, watching the movie, uh, it was just similar to a to a Zack Snyder movie. Um, Mm. It does like the same thing five times in a row. Willem Dafoe comes to... Uh, comes into a house, uh, sees uh, sees the bad blood, and, and then you, uh, <laughs> you get like a. Uh, they they show you what happened there, and they do that like five times, and you have a movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, I was fourteen when that came out, and I think I watched it about fourteen, fifteen. So it was definitely like impressionable youth at that time. Right. And it was. I mean, it came out the same year that Matrix did. It was ninety nine. There's just like a lot of ultra violence, kind of that point, mm-hmm. and uh, stylized, you know. And um, I still Pro actually coats, sunglasses. Yeah, right. Like all of it, right? It's there. White people, <laughs> all the things. That's the thing. Going back now and watching it, for one, uh, I think you're right. It's just not that well made of a movie, probably. Uh, although I still really like a lot of the the actors in it. That was like the first time I saw like Norman Reedus, mm-hmm. um, and I really liked him in that. Willem Dafoe, I think his performance is just so fucking batshit that I, I've always liked it. Um, but especially now with like we've been talking about like racism in america and vigilante justice and all this stuff and like watching these two religious white dudes go on a murderous rampage doesn't quite have the same cool factor (laughs) you might say uh that i once thought it did and um yeah so i'm I'm glad that i've i've moved on from that i uh i i after brent kind of showed me my ways i've revisited it and it is it is not held up so you're not missing much yeah that's all right. Did you guys watch the the Last Dance, the documentary on Netflix? Still haven't seen it. Yeah, the Michael Jordan one. Are you interested in it? Yeah, I've heard it's amazing. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be on Netflix that fast. It was like on 
HBO or something here. I can't remember what it was at first. Ah, um, okay. That was like paid or whatever. And then, uh, so I didn't watch it when everybody was like hyping it up here. And then now that it's on there, I've thought about it. But again, like Brent and I are not that into sports. So like there's other things I wanted to watch, but I just heard like, that's an amazing story of them, of that team and stuff. But uh, I've heard the documentary is just like phenomenal. So yeah, in Germany, it went straight to Netflix. And oh, okay, cool. Uh, I heard people talk about it. David had watched it. Uh, and was a huge fan. And David is not really into sports either, but he loves mm -hmm. sports documentaries. Yeah, um, fair enough. And uh, I'm not a huge sports person. I've been a sports person over... So I had several periods in my life where I mm. followed sports for a while. And uh, 90s NBA definitely was one of those times. So yeah. uh, the, the, the era that is portrayed in the documentary is the era when I followed um, uh, American basketball uh, because of Michael Jordan, of course, mm -hmm. uh, and, and how he, and, or how they used his um, celebrity or his talent to promote the NBA all over the world, make mm -hmm. it a, a global uh, brand. And then at the time we had our first uh, like big, or a successful German player in the NBA, Detlef Schrempf. He played for the Seattle Supersonics yeah. in the 90s. He was like the, the best six you man. He's, six he's man. German? He is German, yeah. That's hilarious. He's on uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, ah. I, don't, I don't know if you ever watched that. Uh, but he, he shows up. He's like their main go-to celebrity that they always yeah. bring in to, to events or whatever. I had no idea. That's hilarious. And actually, the Seattle Supersonics, they left Seattle. They came to Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder. Andy, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> what's great about that too is it's oklahoma city it's not even tulsa you still would have missed brent i i would have i would have driven the hour and 20 minutes <laughs> oh man yeah that's awesome so yeah the documentary is great um i i watched the it's, it's 10 episodes and at first i thought well 10 episodes seems quite long for yeah. for such a story uh but then the the time just flew by it was the easiest binge for me in a long time awesome. it was just like when an episode was over just yeah give, give me the next just give me the next and give me the next mm -hmm. and I, yeah yeah i watched um i think uh, it took me two days i watched i think three episodes uh one day and seven the next uh, i wow. didn't have to work <laughs> those days mm -hmm. um but yeah so if if you are interested in in that era and in, in, in oh yeah the, in general or michael jordan and and the bulls in the 90s or if you're just a fan of, of sports documentaries it's a it's a great story it's it's told really well it's uh, interestingly told it's, uh, it's not not told in a in a linear fashion um it mm. cuts back and forth between the the last season the, the 98 season michael jordan's last season with the bulls uh and uh, and the, yeah start, starting with his his, his youth, uh, his playing, playing college and then being drafted into the NBA. So it cuts back and forth between okay, 98 cool. and, and th this other timeline going forwards until it, it meets 98. Um, and, and they have all the major um, characters uh, for, for current interviews. Uh, so you have Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, mm -hmm. Dennis Rodman, and, and some of the, the opposing players um talking about that uh, that era and about michael jordan it's a it's a very interesting and, and well-told documentary yeah it's one of the ones i want to definitely hit up eventually um mm -hmm. 
it's just i hadn't like that brent and i talk about this all the time like there's just so much to watch and uh sometimes it's like hard to focus you know and like what do you want to pick up and it's like almost like that it's like all right i know once i watch it i'm gonna want to keep watching it so then i gotta you know balance out for 10 hours of it or something so and that's why i barely watch series anymore um yeah because it just takes so much time when i was when I was single, I watched a lot of TV shows just because I had the time coming home after work. I could knock out two or three episodes of a show so I could finish a season in a week or two and then go yeah. on to the next. Um, but now I just don't have that same amount of time anymore, especially if it's something that Bianca isn't that interested in. Yeah. I would make time to, to watch it on my own. So um, this has been... Um, so she didn't watch uh, The Last Dance with me uh, so, but uh, as I said, I was very happy that she watched uh, Watchmen with me and is now mm -hmm. into uh, into the leftovers as well. Because that would have been bad if we started watching a show and she decides after an episode, no, you can watch this on your own, and then I have to find the time to watch it on my own. <laughs> yeah, another struggle, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we, uh, my wife and I, are the same way. Like we like to, I don't know. I like my wife. I want to hang out with her. So we uh, we watch a lot of the same <laughs> yeah. stuff together, right? And, um, and it's hard whenever like she's into a show that I'm not into or whatever. She's good about that. Cause she, she likes to put on like shows and like YouTube and stuff, um, like before she goes to bed. So she kind of has her outlet there or whatever. But, um, I'm more of like, I don't like to watch a lot on my iPad. I want to watch stuff like on a TV. At least. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, that's, we have like one TV and I have like a projector now. Mm -hmm. So we have that in different rooms and stuff. So that's good. But overall it's like, we're going to pick one thing, you know, and, uh, yeah. she and I have similar tastes and stuff so that works, but there's definitely stuff that uh, I like to pick up on that she doesn't, vice versa. Must be nice. And over the past few years, I was just more... <laughs> I'm sorry, Brent. I'm, I'm a talker. No, go for it. Brent, Please. go on. It's your show. No, I was just saying, you know, it must be nice to have a similar interest as your, as your spouse. I, don't, I, I wouldn't know what don't that know is. know about that. That's, but that's no. interesting. I didn't know that was possible. Interesting. Taking I mean, notes. We met at a horror movie festival, so... Oh, uh, wow. There, there was a yeah. connection there where we're both into horror movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's going to do it. And, that's does, my, my brother used to be into horror movies so, and then he got married so. Andy, does your does your wife like true crime is that a, a thing that she gets into mm, not much no not really okay um, no. my wife loves it yeah mine too it seems like everyone i only for the last mm -hmm. two years it seems like everyone in the states is only listening to true crime podcasts and then there's all the documentary series right now uh and, and stuff but yeah, no, not 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 too much. She likes horror movies, but she she doesn't delve into into true crime that much. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Do you guys have a uh, a horror movie you guys mostly bonded over that you both had like loved growing up or something? Or just kind of a general mm -hmm. love. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think there is the one. There's movies um, since since we've gotten together that we watched together and and liked. Again, something that is on my list. Uh, or yeah. I, I took I took notes uh, when I listened to you guys um, last episode. I was when you talked about After Midnight. Uh, oh, yeah. I took notes about After Midnight because that uh -huh. was a movie that we both watched at Fantasy Film Fest here in Nuremberg, and oh, okay. we were we, we loved the movie, and we were the only ones in that screening who loved the movie. Oh wow! So several people were very vocal about their distaste for the movie. After I love that movie. Um, yeah, but we are great. we are fans of of Jeremy Gardner and and Christian mm -hmm. Stella just in in general um, with the battery and um, um, Tex Montana 
will survive. So, and I, I wanted yeah. to to mention that again because you you talked about after midnight, and we had on on Erie International we had Christian Stella on last year, March 2019. We did an interview with, with awesome. him uh, quite a while before the movie was released. Um, and uh, he's he's an that. awesome dude. And and Jeremy Gardner not only is a great. Um, writer storyteller he's also a great actor i believe jeremy gardner should be in more movies that that guy is still a bartender down in florida is some is, is a oh. shame um but yeah the battery is a great movie tex montana will survive a movie that they just mm -hmm. shot on their own in the woods you can see for free on youtube they released it on, on awesome. youtube for free um it's also um a very i mean it's two guys in the woods shooting mm -hmm. a movie so you cannot expect a big production out of it but they are able to to make the most of what they have and i feel like christian stella has a great eye for for framing so if you watch their movies and just focus on the framing so the battery there's not a lot of camera movement it's mostly two dudes in a frame talking to each other but somehow christian stella finds an angle and they they position the the characters in the frame in an interesting way not only the characters uh, but also like cars and trees and stuff so they, his, his eye for framing is really fascinating so even though there's not a lot of production value not a lot of camera movement or anything the still the the image is is captivating and, and keeps you in, engaged with the movie and then jeremy Gardner's acting and, and and the interesting stories that they're that they're telling so for the very low budget budget um movies that they that they're doing they they really um come up with um with with great results and i'm i'm, I'm very happy that you that you recommended after midnight and that you liked that movie yeah have you seen awesome. the battery no, I was going to say that, that I think that was their first movie that I'd seen of theirs yeah. uh, was the was After Midnight. So there is a fantastic joke in After Midnight mm -hmm. if you had seen the battery. Oh, okay. Let me find out to revisit. <laughs> yeah, probably uh, just like whooshed over me. Um, did you did you say that one of the guys that made these movies is a a bartender in Florida? Yep, that's cr crazy because I went to Florida for vacation this year. And I was like, I went to go get something to drink. And the guy was like, hey, man, let me tell you about these movies. You look like a movie fan. I'm like, nah, dog, let me get that strawberry daiquiri real quick, son. And then, like, I didn't, I didn't really pay attention. But I think he said something about after midnight. But I was like, I'm tired. I'm not going to be up that late. It was, a, mm -hmm. it was an exchange, but whatever the case. Um, but, yeah, strawberry daiquiri was good. I haven't seen the movie. That's movies, good. But, like, you know, he's a hell of a partner. He's good at that. <laughs> yeah, he's good. I love that one because Brent started into the story. So I was looking at you and started to laugh. And then I looked at Andy and I was like, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Gardner is a bartender. Christian Stella, his co-director oh, and, and, and DP on the movies. He's, uh -huh. a, he's a food photographer. He shoots photos for okay. For when I looked up his name, uh, when you talked about him you know, on, the, on your show and stuff, uh, I scrolled down and it showed a bunch of cookbooks. And I was like, oh, that must be a different Chris Stella. His, his dad, <laughs> he, he wrote a cookbook with his dad. There's a fantastic yeah, right video that you can find on YouTube of them on some, some uh, shopping channel promoting uh, their cookbook. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And, and How then, funny, yeah, random. Yeah. Um, but also when you were describing them as like uh, – you know, it's like two dudes in the forest. You can't imagine like a lot of production value, but like they really have like the stories and the characters and like the acting and stuff. I was like, oh, so they're like the opposite Zack Snyder. <laughs> they're like the yeah. anti, like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. They need the budget. He's got all the budget. 
Yeah. You know? And and they, they need a fraction of his budget. <laughs> yeah, like they wouldn't even need much, yeah, to make it like look even way better. Um, that's cool though. Yeah, I have to go find that episode of you guys. That'd be neat. Um, I really, like I was telling Brandon that episode, like partly I loved it because it reminded me of these old, like, I, like short story ideas that I'd had that never, like I never did anything with. And then also like Britt and I uh, have had projects, uh, like we had a, our, our uh, I don't know, like a group called After Midnight. So it just felt like, a lot of things that were connected to me personally and I just randomly like picked it up and then watched it and I was like like I just blown away like it was so simple but um yeah I think about it often uh, ever since I watched it so I I'd rather um I have a bad habit of watching something and really liking it and then watching it right away after that and being like mm -hmm. overwhelmed I guess uh I just need to like let it breathe a little bit so I'd rather go back and watch the battery or some of their other stuff now maybe that's what I need like I want more of them but not the same thing Steven so, uh, um, after out. after we recorded that episode I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Steven and I, we used to make music <laughs> under the name After Midnight. Yeah. And then we, like the songs we made, we used for the, the beginning and end of the yep. show. It's in there. Didn't even, didn't even bring it up. And we didn't even mention it. I, I realized <laughs> that that's why I was looking at you just now. I was like, well, that was us, right? Like, that's what yeah. it was called. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Not even a connection I mentioned of that episode, I think. But yeah. yeah, the other like ideas of that movie were very similar to mine. But then the fact that it's called After Midnight, uh, which is not like necessarily that unique for anybody. But uh, just the fact that, yeah, you and I had called ourselves that for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we just the movie blew me away. initially was called something else. Okay. And the title was something else. Oh, so oh okay. When, when the movie was announced, the title was something else. And then they, when they got distribution, they changed the, the title to After Midnight. I have been so confused because when I look it up, it's, it'll say sometimes After Midnight parentheses something else. And I've always been like, <laughs> Is it supposed to be called so, like it didn't make that doesn't make sense to me just reading that I never knew the history of it and I was yeah. like they're like we're after midnight or something else you know it was a weird way to like see the title somewhere that's funny okay I didn't know that that's like when and they have have songs that are like named one thing but in the parentheses it's like the part of the song that you remember the most yeah. or whatever they could actually reference if you wanted to call it something yeah like the pina colada song yeah uh what is it escape or whatever oh yeah that's right yeah yeah so i typed yeah, in the bikini i i was trying to look it up uh desperately and i typed in pinata col uh, cola <laughs> instead of pina colada <laughs> pinata cola you get it well uh uh Andy, i think brent and i could talk to you all day long uh to be honest but uh i don't want to keep you too long did did any anybody have anything else they wanted to bring up as like a, a last last round I'm good. Good? All right. I think yeah. this was great so far. I just, I didn't want to cut you off necessarily. I was like, I literally could, we could do this for hours. Uh, it feels like we've barely been recording yet. So, um, but I also need to make sure that my computer has enough space for this file. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this has been a blast, man. And we're so glad to have you on finally. So, yeah. Sorry, yeah thanks so much for, for having me. Um, it's, it's, it's been a blast and I've, uh, I enjoyed it a lot and I am willing to come back. Hey, Perfect. Awesome. it's a promise or a threat. However you want I know, to. Yeah. That was like a, your eyes got all squinty. I was like, I don't know what's happening. She's going to send Bruce the pigeon back with a fucking knife. Brent. Oh my God. He's coming for you, man. I'll shut my windows. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Andy, did you want to plug any of your other shows or anything else? 
Um, I'm assuming that most of your listeners um, aren't necessarily able to understand the German language. I will just plug the uh, English um, language mm -hmm. podcast that I have, Erie International, uh, we've mentioned before, uh, releases weekly. You can go to erieinternational.com, horror movie podcast, mostly movies, sometimes literature, games, TV, whatever, uh, with uh, Dave Hopkins, David Hopkins from the US and Dave Roberts from England. Um, and if you want to insult me personally, you can find me on Twitter as Andy Prella or on Instagram and you can find me. Yeah, right on. Hell yeah. Cool, cool. Well, um, you can find all of our info as well down below in the show notes. If you want to contact us through email or Instagram or whatever, we'll totally ignore it. Uh, yeah. But if you want to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app, we will give you big thumbs up for that. Um, but yeah, yeah Jason. That, hey, uh, Jason over at Mind Grenade just uh, hooked us up with a new review. Oh, really? Yeah, so that was nice I, of him. Thanks, Jason. I, I liked that I was like, send it to this other stuff, we'll ignore it. And then the one that I was like, we'll totally give you props, I had not even looked at recently. <laughs> <laughs> so that worked. But Brent did, and that's what counts. That's right. So thanks, Jason. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, very cool. Well, uh, I think that's pretty much it for the day. So yeah, we would love to have you mm -hmm. back. We'll, we'll try to make... I would love to have you actually... Uh, I like to have guests on for like kind of a, a casual one, just kind of uh, just shoot the shit. But then I would love to have you back and do a pop culture combat or, you know, a specific movie or something we could all review, um, get a little more in depth. So I was actually trying to to make that list of seven characters that you talked about recently. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I listened to that even before um, you had invited me on the episode. I listened to that episode and you asked for, for listener participation. Sure. And I was yeah. trying to come up with something, but I just couldn't think of a proper theme for a for a proper uh -huh. list. Uh, so it's sorry. so open-ended yeah yeah it's maybe maybe i will though yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah and and uh, as i said when you invited me uh we we did this so spontaneously that i didn't have like a, a specific topic that we could prepare sure. for this episode but um maybe i'll come up with something and then we can do yeah. that yeah i love that i like to Perfect. kind of bounce around at first and you know just you know be a little, little loose or whatever but uh yeah, it's always little, fun just uh like on a first date you have a casual <laughs> right. chat and then can That's talk right. About more day, serious things the next time. I like to be loose on a first day. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Next uh, time you're on, yeah, full fisting. We're fisting punch of that bad boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you everybody for joining us today. Thank you, Andy, for joining us, and definitely go uh, check out uh, Erie International and 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 all that. Um, and uh, without further ado, until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Brent. I'm Andy. And let's talk later. I do have something um, that needs to be brought up, um, needs to be addressed. Um, and I think you two gentlemen are the proper people to discuss this with. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the controversy behind neck pillows. You heard of these? <laughs> wow. You heard, of, heard of neck pillows? I have no idea what you're talking about. We're going there. Andy, uh, maybe you don't have this problem in Germany, but here in the States, uh, we got some shit going on. Okay. Really? Do you? I've never yeah. heard anything about shit going on in the States. How could you? How could you? It's you know, for a dumpster fire, it looks pretty good. It's you know, pretty, yeah. Look, we have some, some things on this list that will maybe address some things that are going on in the States. So. Perfect. Awesome. Are they neck pillows? Because we're sliding up in it. Um, let, me, let me write that down. Uh, so, here, like anytime my wife and I travel, she takes a neck pillow with her and it's cumbersome and we have to keep track of it and it invariably falls off in the airport as we're like walking across it because uh, I like to like drape it over. So the 
the uh, nards of the U shape <laughs> are resting on something. Sure. Whereas she prefers to have the tiny little like flimsy ass buttons that clip on the uh, let's call them the teats of the <laughs> of the uh, U of the neck pillow uh, mm-hmm. are just like barely hanging on there by a thread. Um, but I don't. I don't think I know how to use a neck pillow because I, I feel like whenever I put one on, it just like forces, <laughs> forces my head forward. And I don't You're not I a big fan. The purpose of it because it's supposed to help you like lean back or something. What am I, Fat Joe? I'm not trying Ooh. to lean back like that. <laughs> I am not never, a, uh, a big fan of them yet. You never used one, Andy? No. I mean, we, you may know we did a fair bit of traveling last that's year. That's right. We, mm-hmm. we, we yeah. sat on one or two planes last year. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I've never tried it. Neither of us have, I think. So I uh, cannot really contribute to this conversation. No, I'm against. perfect. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on your side, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you. I, I've, Thank never, you. I've never used one, which means I am against them. Of course. Oh, yeah. Really. I like that. But also, I don't understand the point of reclining your seat in an airplane because it's like, a quarter inch forward or back? It's never worth it to me. I don't get it. And guys, what's the deal no, with airline no, no, no. food? Every right? bit counts. <laughs> Every bit that you're able to okay. lean back counts. You're a lot, okay. I think you're taller than both Brent and I. That mm-hmm. might help you more than it helps yeah, us. <laughs> well, I don't know how long your flights usually yeah. are. The flights that we did last year tended to be a bit longer. So yeah. you might may try to, to at least get some sleep and leaning back helps. Yeah, Brent, okay. go go places that are further away. God, I okay, I'll try. Okay, it's hard for me. Do it now while we're <laughs> okay. not allowed to go anywhere. Oh, okay. well, I mean, I did. I went to two uh, COVID hot yeah. zones. Uh, that didn't that didn't work but out. But you're right. alive and you're safe, so eh, eh. it worked out. <laughs> you still have sand in places, but it's okay. Yeah, I refuse to wash. It's kind of like when you say uh, shake a celebrity's hand. I'm just like, I'm not gonna wash that hand. Like that that sand that's in all of my crevices is uh-huh. like. This is like, uh, what do you call it? Like souvenirs of these oh, trying okay. times, you know? Yeah. So like for years on out, you can like get little pieces of sand and yeah, I'm gonna better about yourself. Pass them along <laughs> to my grandchildren. Oh, wow. Uh, which is weird because I don't have like actual sure. children. So <laughs> I'm just going to skip a generation, you know? So. This is, I like that you brought up neck pillows though. Cause I, it's some things too. Like I was wondering, I went to the grocery store today and there was a, a question I wondered uh, for Andy, if you uh, have experience with, Spam? Is oh. spam a, a thing there? Do you know this? Do you like it? Um, so I believe I know what spam is. And I the know- audio is really quiet. Sorry. Oh, why suddenly? Uh, I don't know. Is your mic? <laughs> <laughs> why suddenly? <laughs> I, I did not change anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you moved an inch and it's like, no more. <clears throat> I tried to, to position the computer in a different way so that you would not have to stare at my blank ceiling oh yeah you're right Brent. can you hear him it's it's very quiet okay but also sure it's, a, it's a very nice ceiling so you shouldn't be ashamed yeah man let i mean me, let me disconnect and reconnect we have okay this is all going in the show <laughs> he has some shutters okay it's confirmed oh, that's we're, actually we're, nice we're yeah pinpointing his location right now <laughs> i'm on google maps now <laughs> You're like, screw this, man. <laughs> and that's our show. <laughs> Let's see, we talk um, about neck pillows. Check. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're done. We're done here. That's what Brett came to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't really know. 
much about this kind of technology either. I don't use Zoom a ton, so I'm not sure. But you did hear me better in the beginning. Yeah, when you first connected before Brent was on, it sounded like this for a second, Andy, but then it, it was only like like 10 seconds and then it clicked in and it was fine. So I didn't know. I, I was going to say something then, but then it seemed fine. So what you're saying is when the brown guy shows up, that's when the well, one of the white men gets muted. Is that what happened? Brent, that, I did. <laughs> wow. Wow. White, white men are having a, a real hard time right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You need to cut us some slack. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe I will just use the microphone. Let me. Okay. I um. There's a a button that says the, oh. the volume there we go automatically so, so i i okay. uh, yeah set it manually now and put it all the way up so can all you right. hear me fine now yeah it's perfect <laughs> man it's so much easier with you like <laughs> yeah. we had uh my buddy darren on the other week you know and he uh he doesn't record podcasts and stuff and so it's like i have to be like okay well we're gonna say our names like i gave him like a script we're gonna say <laughs> our names oh I'll, say, I'll either say your name or I'll point to you, but it's like, <laughs> I'm like, Andy actually could just finish this out at this point. I think it'd yeah. be totally fine. So <laughs> no big deal. Pretty easy that way. I've Steven, recorded one or two podcasts. One or two. Day. This week. Yeah. Steven, <laughs> that, I have a question. True, yeah. I have a question for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we're further in the outtakes here. Um, are we bad Americans? Like, Andy has dropped so much American knowledge on us <laughs> of this one episode of shit we should know. A lot of stuff relating to documentaries, uh, the case yeah. for reparations. I've never read, but fully support, right? Uh -huh. um, sure, yeah. And then, uh, what was it? Um, oh, my God. Yeah, country music. All the, like, all the stuff I feel mm -hmm. like I should know. I don't know any of it. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. I think we are bad Americans. Yeah, so. Yep. Oh, okay, cool. I'm, I just, I'm just sure. a I'm just a bad German. <laughs> That's the problem. We don't even yeah, I, we didn't even turn around on you. So I, I, yeah. I know less about German politics at the moment than I know about American politics, I guess. Just yeah. growing up with American pop culture. Um I, I yeah. actually over this past few years, uh, past few weeks, I've tried to make an effort to look into German politics more, <laughs> to read mm -hmm. more about German politics, not only watch like Colbert and Trevor Noah and, and, and John Oliver <laughs> on YouTube and learn everything about what's going on in the US um, and, and actually know what's going on in my own country. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. We like oh, to oh, dominate. Wait. So yeah, news waves. Uh, yeah, uh, I know it's like the Chicago Bulls, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Andy, I wanted to ask you, when you were traveling all last year, did you pick up movies and whatnot as you were like traveling around? Because I know on Erie, you talk about how certain movies aren't available in Germany. And I wasn't sure if you picked them up as you were traveling, if there were like restrictions on what you're able to watch because of like the discs being coded a certain way. Um, no, we didn't. We didn't pick up any movies just because we couldn't carry that yeah. much stuff with us. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, yeah, we, we, we didn't buy a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, in the U.S., it probably would have been possible to go somewhere and, and, and buy movies that we what we can get here. Um, but yeah, it's it was just we were we were tight on budget and on on space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we didn't really have the opportunity to to, to buy too many things while we were traveling. You're yeah. like too cumbersome to, to even mess with. You could have had a cummerbund, just like a like a fanny pack, just full of Blu-rays. You're like, this is all I got. I got, I can fit eight. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from time to time, we, we can we can get stuff from, from England. So a lot of movies get released in, in England um, that we don't necessarily get here. And um, we can order them fairly easily if sometimes mm-hmm. I'm, I'm watching a movie for a while until it gets to a price that i because i can get it um, reasonably um sometimes david once sent us movies or brought movies over here when he visited us um yeah i don't know but as you say we we have so much content anyway that it's not yeah right that important um yeah it's not like course it's for anything i mean bianca had been looking for a um for a japanese movie for the past three years that she only just recently was able to order from from hong kong <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, wow. that that took a while uh because it wasn't released anywhere else is that the movie she was super excited for you to watch and then you watched it and you're like yeah right she's been searching for years to show you (laughs) it's it's one of her favorite movies she was super excited when she watched it at fantasy film fest and i wasn't able to watch it and 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 i met her afterwards and and she was more excited than after most movies that she had watched and then it was never released outside of japan um and she was asking around in the u.s and in england and everywhere else and then recently by yeah, just by accident she found a, a a hong kong copy um so with with english subtitles she was able to order wow that's crazy um <laughs> there's a meme i saw recently i wish i had it right now that's like just like a guy like this or whatever and it's like you clearly were not into that as much as i was <laughs> like, <laughs> i feel it all the time like it's actually gotten to a point where like i don't share music as much with people because Music, I think it's hard to like, what do you do? You just like sit down together and like listen to it side by side and don't talk for like 45 minutes while you listen to an album or whatever. It's just hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also like I've, I've, so I make playlists for people and I'll send it to them and I never get anything back or I'm just like, you know, or they, they, they're like, yeah, it was all right. And I'm like, man, that changed my goddamn life. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and it feels so crushing that you're like, I just wanted, I thought everybody would enjoy this, but obviously everybody doesn't, you know, they've got their own things. Whenever I have friends who uh, try to make their spouses or wives watch a movie that, like Star Wars, for example, a friend of yeah. mine who always said he he's so excited to watch Star Wars with his girlfriend, but she's not interested in it, and then don't make her do it. Yeah, yeah, it, it will ruin better. it for both yeah. of you <laughs> yeah. if she's not willing. If she's not on her own, saying I, I want to watch this movie with you, yeah, do not force her. Or like when when David sometimes says he he tricks his wife into horror <laughs> movies because he doesn't want to watch he doesn't want to watch horror <laughs> movies. So he tricks her into the. Why are you doing this? She's not enjoying it. She's oh, giving you man. shit for it probably when when yeah. you yeah. do it. I, I don't know how you how you have fun doing that. That's yeah. I don't. So I, I'd rather enjoy those things on my own and do not try to to convince anybody why this is a great song or a yeah. great movie. Uh, I only recommend stuff to to people when I think they they it it is actually something that they would like and yeah. not just because I like it and everyone else should like it too. And then when everyone else likes it, I can say I knew them first and now they're shitty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. There's there's something about like putting in a movie when you're with a group of friends and not telling him it's a snuff film that <laughs> is just really pays off in the end, you know. Brent loves to do that. You know, you get yeah. the skeet and shoot, you know, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's good. You know? 
there are uh yeah there might be some movies like brit and i bring up the the movie teeth uh, a lot because <laughs> uh, we watch that with friends and i would Too love often. to show that to someone and not tell them what it <laughs> yeah. is just because it's so absurd though mm-hmm. um but i also know a lot of people that are really really like anti-horror movie they're they just they're just like i don't want to see like blood and guts and i don't like like the feelings i get and like to me, I, I feel, I, I get scared sometimes, but it's more of like, I like horror movies. They're, they're comforting to me. Um, and I like the stories and whatever, but like, I would never trick my friends with that because it would scar them. You know, like some of the shit I watched too is like pretty, pretty dark uh, for someone mm-hmm. that doesn't like horror movies. So, um, and yeah, you listen tough. to like, again, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, like sure. super soft stuff. And it's so funny to me, like the dichotomy of, of uh people's interests you know like uh-huh. i listen to a lot of metal like the heavier the better for me but also i fucking love disney and pixar man there's nothing better to me than sitting down to watch tangled on a sunday afternoon you know i just love it it's good very postmodern uh, of you thank mm-hmm. you thank yeah. you i'm just that kind of fella everybody's got their likes mm-hmm. or it's just arbitrary you just consume whatever is there yeah, you just don't have really any specific taste. <laughs> yeah, Brent, you don't have taste. Yeah, well, <laughs> I hear that from my family often, so it, you know, it makes sense. It tracks. Your mother-in-law tells you that. Yeah, yeah. all the time. She's like, "You don't have taste. You don't like Catwoman. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Get out of here, idiot." Anyway, I'm gonna go watch the newest Netflix Adam Sandler movie. That's right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Stephen, if you think she has internet, you're out of oh, your okay. goddamn mind. My bad. <laughs> yeah. L P A S.